powered by the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Hazel, Texas. Welcome to Primetime Special Edition 124. Tonight, we welcome back the one and only Almighty Frias of Fratello Cigars. What's up, guys? <laughs> All right. We're going to finish the intro, Omar. <laughs> and uh, this episode of uh, Primetime Special Edition is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th anniversary blend requires tobaccos have been carefully hand-selected and well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming liner and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double H 12-year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrelage, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And of course, we want to mention Aganorsa Leaf. Great Leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf stands out because of the distinctive flavor of their Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists on the best lands in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of our JFR, JFR Lunatic, Guardian of the Farm, or Casa Fernandez Cigars, you experience the unique taste and aroma that makes Aganorsa Leaf special. Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Aganorsa Leaf. And by JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo Leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars of Cuba, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic grow. Now with JRE Tobacco, Julianus and Husto bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf with the Aladino line. It represents the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer, so be sure to ask for JRE Tobacco a legacy that is tasted in every draw. And finally, by Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Diplomat app for your mobile device. Keep up with everything going on Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is the rebirth of cigars. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplomat.com. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the California studios for the Primetime Show. Well, welcome everybody. This is Prime Time Special Edition 124. And today is Tuesday, July 26, 2022. This is Will Cooper. I am on the black stage here in the Perdomo Cigar Studios. And I'm joined cross country by my good friend and colleague and co-host, Mr. Bear Duplissy. Oh, welcome back to the fun, the grind, the excellent uh, moments with you, Coop. 
Uh, you know what would be a really good idea? I know we're going to get to introductions in a second of our guests. It would be a really awesome idea if we had Omar to free us on at some point. It would be a very good idea if we had Omar to free you us know, on the great, show. It would be a great idea if we had Omar. So yeah. just, just, just put a – just. Putting a bug in your ear about it. That'd be fun. I, 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 uh, it's, a, it's an idea, you know, and you don't, you do know that there was a show tonight, right? There, were, there, there was a show tonight. Yes. <laughs> someone else, someone else's show. Was yeah. It like, so was it like spare parts or spare notes, whatever that thing? Right, is? right. <laughs> um, no. So before we do get to introductions, though, I do have to share this. I already shared this with my, like, um, my LS, LS Fumar, uh, audience, but the the dream is the dream is real because now i have a fridge like within arm's length so i no have to dr- i no longer have to drink hot water during the show to stay hydrated so i'm i'm living on i'm living on cloud 9 this is fantastic well it doesn't get better than that uh, no, it doesn't sure. it re- really doesn't and and i think the uh, other major news i guess coming out of this on this tuesday show is you're going to be smoking tonight yeah. Um, about which that? Bear, which Bear is, <laughs> well, I mean, Bear actually had to stop smoking for a while following um, the show we did in May, uh, the five year anniversary show. Um, and he has not smoked on a special edition show in almost two months. Yeah. Which I think, you know, and I went through about a two month period where I didn't smoke either. Um, that was. Go- and, and the ironic thing is, do you remember who the guest was when on the last show I had a yeah, stop smoking? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it was it was it was Omar Defrias. It was Omar Defrias. <laughs> the night the night the night I did the show uh, with a blood infection. <laughs> this is this is the this is the test, man. This is we, right, wear, right. Rally, so we, a, we wear rally caps. We wear socks inside out. But 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 it is it's, funny how these things just come around in circles, Bear. Yeah, it just it is. so so. Let's bring him on right now. I mean, absolutely. We've been, we've been talking. <laughs> it's a good idea we have him on the show tonight. Uh, the one and only Omar DeFrias of Fratello Cigars. Omar, welcome back to Prime Time. This was probably one of the most entertaining uh, intros I've ever seen in any show that I've ever done with you. <laughs> this is amazing. We're, this we're, is- we're, we're living we're living loose tonight, Omar. It's 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 it, you know it's post PCA trade show. We've got one of our favorites on tonight. Yeah. It's yeah. you know. It's it, you know what? We're just we're gonna we're just gonna live it loose tonight. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun show. It. Thanks for joining us tonight. It. Thank you so much for having me, guys. No, no. The, so the inside joke, Omar, is you know, Bear like suggested, hey, it'd be a good idea we have Omar on the show, right? <laughs> I said, you know, we have him on Tuesday. And he's like, are you are you kidding me? Like he's like, we're we're just having this nice little text war. I was like, dude, I'm I'm, mess, I'm messing with you. He was messing with me, yeah. No, he, <laughs> you know, it, it uh, Omar, so. You know, when we don't get a chance sometimes to talk to someone at the trade show, um, it actually is the thing I worry about when I have to talk to someone the next time, right? Because I'm like, oh, man, they're going to be mad we didn't talk to them. And I, so, you know, I got on with Omar first, and I had to basically, you know, fall on our sword. Uh, but, but lucky Omar had a good reason why he couldn't talk to us because he was that busy at the trade show. Yeah. Um, so I was glad he understood, you know, and, and he knew we made every attempt on this. So, yeah. you know, we do apologize, Omar, on that. We did cover your booths. It's in, on CigarCoop.com. Um, but we're going to get a chance to have you uh, for a show tonight, which we're, we're very excited about here. I'm excited as well, guys, and thank you for the invitation. I mean, I still, I was looking at the other day, group, and uh, our, our first interview back in 2013, when I opened up Fratello, I mean, nine years ago, we had a, uh, we, we had a small conversation, and then in 14 and 15, 
Again, we've been, uh, I, I, I consider you guys not only uh, a tremendous influence for good in our industry, but, uh, but I always also enjoy uh, these times where we get a chance to catch up and it's not on the craziness of the trade show or the craziness of being in the Dominican Republic and whatnot. So I, uh, I appreciate the invitation. So uh, excited to get this thing going. No, uh, and we're glad to have you. Um, so before we kind of get into a whole bunch of all good things for Tello, we have to take care of one piece of business. I should take care of two pieces of the business, Bear. Okay. Um, take care of my business first. We'll take care of your business first, and then uh, we'll just tell about the, the contest for people who tuned into it tonight. So, Sounds good. Yep. So, Omar, um, what has become a tradition on uh, the shows we do here on Special Edition with Bear is uh bear is going to put in your hands what he what he's going to smoke tonight so okay. and you're going to get yeah. to decide that so uh it's gonna be like deciding among your children we understand that but but we'll go with that all right omar well i know how you know how partial i am to uh to your boxers uh so i decided to change things up tonight i've got two choices for you to start off with i can either smoke the uh fratello nevada inverso uh toro okay or a uh, very special cigar, uh, the Fratello uh, DMV, the Virginia in the Robusto. So this is, uh, this is good. Um, tell you what, why don't you try the Inverso? Um, and the reason I say that is because obviously Coop is already trying it. So it'd be good to uh, see during the middle of the trade show. Even, I'll, I'll even shoot some questions your way and, uh, and see uh, which one is enjoying and what you guys are experiencing and whatnot. And, so you guys get a chance to smoke the same thing. Sounds good. Thank uh, you very oh, much. Awesome. All right. So I got to do our um, Tobacco Air USA giveaway for tonight. Uh, it's a contest giveaway, okay? Uh, we are still giving away because we, we, we have more of these, um, and people have wanted them. Um, we are giving away a St. Louis Ray Cadenas, uh gift set. Um, I've been told that for the most part, the cork, there may be a couple of tweaks to the components, but the bag is still a common thing. Um, but let me go and share that on the screen. Could folks see that? Is that showing up there? Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's a gift set. You get the uh, the bag, which people fall in love with. You get the bottle opener that I love. You get the flask. And I believe you still get the bottle of doers in there. Um, but if you don't, they, they're going to substitute something in there. We're all set. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, so I want to just make a couple of things. Uh, we've been contest is based on two things. Basically, the one thing is on hashtags, right? And uh, our audience is just—I know they've struggled a little with hashtags, right? <laughs> the second thing they've struggled with is you only can give one answer. It means if you put two answers, you got to delete one of your answers, right? There was, like I said, I had it wait one week. Like basically, there was so many double answers. It was like I—I I don't know which is the right answer. All right. But we're going to go with a theme with numbers tonight, Bear. Okay. Right? So to win this, right, in the comments, all you got to do is uh, tell me how many Vitolas are offered in the St. Louis Way Carreñas line. You could put the number. All you got to do is put the number and hashtag. You, you have any special hashtag for tonight, Bear? Saint. S-A-I-N-T. Saint. All right. There you go. The number of Vitolas. And hashtag Saint, right? You have to hashtag it, guys, because otherwise I won't find it. You put it in the comments. I'll pick one val correct answer at random. 
All you got to do is tell me the number of Vitolas. By the way, here's a little secret that may, folks may not know. If you go to Cigar Coop and you Google St. Louis Ray Carreñas, you can find the answer. Okay, I mean, it's literally, it's, it's literally the first article. It's literally the first <laughs> article. And, 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 and you, yeah, so you just got to tell me how many Vitolas. There's no trick questions with this, guys. Just tell me how many Vitolas are offered in the blend. All right. Is, is, uh, we need to do that one more time there for everybody. And you got to put it. All in right. The live so, stream. so check this out. If you're yeah. wherever you're listening or wherever you're watching this Facebook live. Okay. So you need to make sure you go to the cigar coop Facebook page to that stream. Okay. So you guys should be there by now. Click on the cigar coop link at the top of the shared stream, or you might already be on the cigar coop page, come down to the comments and put your answer. So if you think the number is 75, by the way, it's not 75 spoiler alert. So if you think the number is 75, you put the number 75 and then you hashtag it. Hashtag S-A-I-N-T. That's hashtag Saint with the number of Atolas that the Carreñas comes in. Uh, again, you can go to cigar-coop.com. That's cigar-coop.com. Type in Carreñas in the search key. First article that comes up. First article that comes up. Click it. Your answer is in there. You're welcome. Science. If folks want to go to you have to tag three friends models, uh, we could make arrangements for that. We could. I, do, to, I think we're just like we, we might. I mean, we could do that. You know, we could do. I, I don't want to do that to you guys. I mean, we try to have the I've been told our contests are too difficult to win. So I don't know how much harder it could be. I mean, easier it could be. <laughs> so, well, we're going to go to we're going to go to it next time. Next yeah, time someone go. says it, we're going to be like, OK, yeah. tag three friends, annoy, annoy three acquaintances. Yeah. You know what? And it's all you. It's all yeah. you to blame. Yep. Sounds good. All right. So let's get to Fratello here because I'm really excited to talk to Omar. Today. You know, Omar, you mentioned something at the beginning, right? You mentioned 2013. And, and it is amazing because I do feel like I've grown up. With, you're, you're one of the brands I feel like I've grown up with from day one. I remember that first trade show, Omar. And Omar comes into an FDA seminar, right? With this cigar, with, a, with the zigzag band, the Fratello Classica. And it was, it was just called Fratello at the time, actually. That's right. That's right. And I just remember Omar comes in there, Bear, and he wows this crowd. I mean, with this cigar, this cigar comes in there and he like becomes the star of the trade show before the trade show even opens its doors because these are the seminars the day before. And, and Omar, that, that I mean, it could have gone better for you that particular day going into a trade show. Yeah, it was huge, man. It was massive. Um this was this was my idea of like how in the world does a guy that has zero experience in this industry has no contacts doesn't know anybody first trade show where there's a hundred plus plus companies blends of every single type how the hell after I saw the the, the, the images and everything because at this point I'm still everything is in paper for me right but right nothing is on. The road, I have no idea what the hell is going on. I'll give you a couple of examples of each, even things that happened at that first trade show that I was just so lost. So get this, Drapers comes around. Um, obviously, John uh, knew me because I used to be a cigar smoker at his store. But uh, he comes over and says, Omar, let's give you some support. Da, 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 da. Let's open up an account. First trade show, right? This will oh, wow. tell you how much I'm absolutely no idea what the hell is going on. I go in, he says, Omar, give me, it's just one, one sheet. And I got four boxes of cigars. I got the Fratello Corona, the Robusto, the Toro, and the 6560. That's all I got, right? So he comes over and says, two, 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 two. And I say, 
I'm so excited. This is my second. I think this is my first order so far that I'm writing at this trade show. So I tell my uh, my team, it's like, hey guys, we just got our first order. Get the get the credit card machine out. <laughs> By the credit card machine, I'm telling you, like the little uh, what was the little the little squares. Oh, nice. So at this point, I have no idea what's going on. I'm literally about to pass on John Anderson's credit card, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, what are you doing, Omar?" And I'm like, "I'm I'm, I'm about to charge you for the product. Is this ready to ship?" It's like, oh, "It might be like a month or so." And he's like, <laughs> a month? You're gonna charge me now? And I was like, "Actually, that makes a lot of sense." So it's like, "Boy, the transaction." It's Omar. Just take the order. Uh, and, you know, take the credit card information and bill me later. And that's how much, just to give you an overall idea how clueless I was, right? So you're right. I'm making a presentation. Everybody's loving the Fratello Classico. They're coming over and saying, my God, this is actually a really good cigar. Yeah. So the questions are arising, da 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 And then all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, completely clueless about what's going on. But that was a great story. I'm glad you mentioned it. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, Bear, I know you said you weren't at this trade show. This was like the FDA seminar. This, we knew the deeming rules were coming when mm-hmm. like, we knew they were going to be coming. So this was like a very well attended one. Um, and like I said, I don't ever remember. I mean, I've seen a couple of new brands come in and sponsor some things from time to time. But not a guy, Omar, again, you just were completely new to the industry in this case. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it was, it was a, I remember it was just a great moment. We all were coming out of there and, and saying, that, you know, this guy was going to be the story of the show as far as new company. I believe that was the case. And uh, Fratello Road was born for you that day. Yeah, man. Crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy times. Uh, no, you know, no, you know, I'll take it. Allah, before we go to the next subject, I'll take it a step further on that. It's like, it's also pretty crazy how the first, you know, it's only really four days for the trade show, right? I mean, the last day really is not much. So the first, second, and third day is really what you have to capture. But I remember in 2013 when I'm in, I'm in the trade show, right? I'm thinking the first day, my God, the doors open. And I'm not sure if you remember this, school, but it was packed outside. Yes. People were making a line and I'm going through it. I'm thinking, I'm looking at my team and sick people, we're going to make it. This is going to be insane. We're going to be like processing orders, like, like maniacs. And all of a sudden, like the, like the entire first trade show, zero order. The first entire first day of the trade show was zero order. So the second day I was like, this is that we either have to make it now or we don't make it. And I think a lot of the people that tried that cigar at the, at the, some of the seminars and stuff like that, it came around, saw the branding connected and uh, and gave us our support yeah and, uh, and, awesome. and that first day is kind of a back then at least was a very weird day uh, a lot of there were just certain things that people did that first day like certain yeah. companies had specials a lot yeah. of people do their pipe orders the first day so i think it was probably omar that was more of a case of yeah people knew you were going to be there <laughs> but we'll yeah. find omar um yeah, yeah. um and and the other thing is Bear, this is the time when we as media couldn't get in early to the trade yeah. show. So we were a part of that, like that crowd, um, like that concert crowd coming in, like to, to a, an arena. Yeah, uh, you're right. It was the first thing. It's usually the big guy would grab a lot of the attention from everybody else and blow a lot of their sales up front. You're right. Yep. yep. 
So they are, are you saying that the security not only stopped you, they stopped Omar too? Like on the way in? <laughs> he was already in. And I'd I'd love I'd love to be I'd love to be the idiot staying next to the idiot that tried to stop Omar from getting into the trade show floor. There what's that, some, what's that conversation some, like? Sir, where do you think you're going? And I'd be like wherever the fuck he wants to. <laughs> yeah, I mean if I had to pick the booth that would probably have least likely products stolen, I think the it would be Omar and maybe the, maybe the El Septimo guy who had a private security guard, uh, you know, but, but yeah, that security guard at El Septimo was just for show. You know, there was like, you knew there was like a missile just like pointed at that thing. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it takes it one out. Yeah. No, uh, no. Omar's got the most secure booth in the PCA trade floor. Like just, yeah, it's, yeah. Like it's yeah. uh, <laughs> yep. But if anyone wants to be stupid and try something stupid, let me know so I can watch it because it'll be entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many stupid people out there, guys. I mean, it's like, We're gonna it's open like up there's the not a needs. single day, man. There's not a single day that I'm getting followed by these people, you know? They follow me everywhere, brother. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, Omar, it's been a, it's been a great journey. I, you know, again, I said you were a guy who came in that year, one line. Uh, now you've got a, a, a pretty good portfolio. It's something really for everybody. Um, Bear and I are both smoking the same cigar tonight. We're smoking, I think, a really unique project that you did. Uh, this I got to say, I think this was 2018 when you introduced it. We're smoking yeah. the uh, Nabeta Inverso. Yeah, man. No, this is, uh, this is probably the easiest blend I've ever done. And, uh, and one of the ones that, that really contrasted the most with the, uh, with the entire lineup because the Naveta line was, was so different. I put so much effort onto that cigar. I wanted to make sure that it was flavorful, long finish, that it just had every, every single thing I love and that it could age very well. And that wrapper obviously allows it to do exactly that. But what I found out was, you know, that just simply interchanging some leaves of tobacco, you know, it makes it, it makes everything for an entire different cigar. And I was, Having a conversation with, uh, um, uh, it's not Don Pepin, the, the uh, uh, Juan, is it uh, the son? Jaime, 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 Jaime. So I was having a conversation with Jaime, and this is when kind of like Naveti Inverso was like, uh, was born. It was like, he was telling me, you know, try this cigar. We were just having a conversation. I was doing one of the tours that they were had going on, and, and we were talking outside, and he was like, you know, and then try this. And then we, I was smoking both. And it was like, well, he just basically took one leaf of tobacco out and he wanted to just like, you know, what are your thoughts? You know, let's just have this conversation. Say one leaf of tobacco out of both blends, entirely different cigar. And I'm like, damn. So it was just an overall conversation. So I said to myself, it's like, what if I just interchange the blend on a bit and see how this goes? And all of a sudden, inverse all of the tobaccos came out with this blend. Obviously, we had to tweak it here and there and it came out amazing. What? Yeah, it's, um, you know, for folks who don't know, I guess the Naveta was the predecessor. These are, yeah. This is the same tobaccos in the Naveta. They're just uh, arranged into different components as far as wrapper binder filler goes. Exactly, exactly. So the original Naveta, guys, has like uh, an, an Habano Ecuador Oscuro wrapper, and then we put Dominican Piloto Cubano on the binder, and then we put uh, mostly Nicaraguan uh, filler in the, uh, in the cigar, the Naveta. So all I did was I utilized the wrapper that we had that we already been using for this cigar. Um, and we found it, we put it on the binder. 
the binder and the Naveta line, which is a Piloto Cubano. We put a Piloto, it was an Aseco. We actually used a Viso, mm-hmm. high priming Viso on that. And then we put uh, uh, similar tobaccos on the filler. And then we found a farm that is uh, very close to the place where we were getting our filler tobacco that is mostly for wrapper and uh, put it in the cigar. And, uh, and, you know, we dressed it up and it was incredible. It's just one, like I said, I've ever done. But I, I personally am a fanatic for that cigar, and we've done something interesting with it as well. Like now we're choosing in our in our um, within the brick and mortars. I want to carry Fratello. We uh, we asked them to choose one or the other, which is the Naveta or the Naveta Verso line, because it has a tendency to kind of like eat up on each other. So we're trying to always, you know, advise our customers yep. the best way on that. So how would you? Yeah, that's a good point. Yep, that's that's it interesting. Is. How would you? In terms of your, you know, someone's trying to decide between the two, what what, what would you feel are some of the diff- like differences that they bring to the table? Like if you were trying to put one of those cigars into someone's hand. Yeah. So for me, the Naveta, the Naveta Inverso is a, it's a, it's a bit creamier. Uh, it's got a lot of cocoa, a lot more sweetness than the uh, original Fratello, uh, the original Fratello Naveta. The Naveta line to me has this beautiful spice that's just, it kind of lingers across your palate, yeah. but um, I don't think any other one of my cigars. And I know you were one of your the one of the cigars that you enjoyed the most out of our company, including the, you know, the ones that you're giving it the highest rating, which is the Fratello Bianco. Yep. Um, you it 93 points on that. Um, it was to me something very personal that I get a chance to see how how different both of these cigars came out using very 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 similar tobaccos and just yeah. inversing all of these things together so um definitely uh, definitely the the most i feel one of the most complex blends we have is the fratello naveta line along with one of the cleanest finish we have in our lineup but i love that but it's a little bit more meaningful body so yep no i i, I definitely agree with that yeah. Yeah. um yeah so the um and i know all your lines, uh, at least most of your lines now have the boxer in there, which is a personal yeah. bear favorite. I know that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it took a little longer, I think, for the boxer to come out on this one, right? It, that one didn't come out right away. That's right. That's right. That's right. For most of our lines, up, we usually wait about a year before we launch the, the, box, the boxer line. Uh, in the case of Arlequin, um, which is what I'm about to smoke right now, but now I can't find my damn... You know, lighter. I'm like, what the hell? Did oh, I do you gotta hate when that happened. Oh, I hate it when it happens. I hate it. I was like, but I was so sure that I brought it because I brought everything else. If you need, uh, to, if anyway, you need to grab one, Omar, it's fine. Let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Yeah, no problem. Somebody in the DMV, get this man a lighter. <laughs> you know, so as Omar was doing I that, it. I was see, like Omar was looking for the lighter, right? Um, <laughs> I was looking for my cutter, right? Which I did find my cutter. Okay. But you can get away with like not having a cutter. I mean, there. Yes. If you want to smoke a cigar, but when you don't have fire, it's like that's a fundamental. Uh, I can't do that to Omar and not have him smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. The, Look at that. The, All right. The other that's night, coop. The other night, coop. When we vherfed, like I literally went outside. I had my lighter. I had my cutter. I know. I had my lighter. I had the cigar. Uh, but I had to go back for the lighter, and then I sat down again, and I was like, realized I didn't have a cutter. I was like, nope, nope. I'm not getting up again. So I just did. Uh, I just did the, the, thumbnail, the, th- the thumbnail, man. Just went to the Nick. Uh, what does uh, Hector call it? The Nicaraguan cutter, or Tom Lazuka calls it the the factory cutter. Just yeah, the thumbnail. The thumbnail. Like you could get like that. You can get away with the thumbnail, but uh, you can't. Um, you know, as far as um, 
you know, fire, you, unless, you, unless he has two sticks, he can rub together. I don't know if there's a, the way around that. He's a, he's a rocket science. He can figure scientist. He can figure it out. Something will be figured out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So that was, um, yeah, definitely a, uh, you know, we, we, we had to, we had to make sure we took Terry at Oma. Um, you know, speaking of box press, you know, you're wearing the shirt, the Arlequin, um, Arlequin. Oh my God. We're going to do this. Aren't we? You're going to yeah, mispronounce it. everything. <laughs> I mispronounce everything. Yeah. Arlequin. Right. Uh, and that's your old box press line. Uh, and I, I get the sense, Omar, that's a personal favorite of yours, that line. Almost uh, one of your favorites. I know they're all your favorites. They'd be in the show, but there's something about that. I, I just see that you like that cigar. My God, I am obsessed with Arlequin. I am. I am. I'm obsessed with this damn cigar. It's a, uh, it is, it is. I already knew it was my favorite out of the fresh pack that we launched. Um, too, but when we pressed that, when we box pressed a cigar and uh, and and I smoked it and we had to underfill it, I remember the, the tobacco that we underfill it because I told the guys like, please, whatever the hell kind of tobacco did you just underfill it with? Which I thought it was at that point was a was was a uh, esteli that we had and underfill it on the on the on the Peruvian. I was like, let's lower is it? Let's do a couple more just in case so we can remember because it was insane. The idea was. Let's underfill the tobacco. Let's make sure that we do it at the same uh, rate. But obviously, you know how every single cigar is obviously going to change when you box press it. It's just, it's always going to change the flavor profile, right? But when he told me, he's like, this is the one we underfill. It's like, just remember, that's exactly what we're going to do. Now, let's do another 60. Let's see how it goes. But we put it together. And I was like, I am. I'm obsessed with Arlequin. I am obsessed with that. The Classico used to be my favorite everyday smoke. Yep. I'm smoking the Arlequin every single day. I just got that impression. I didn't know that. It's just like I've I've seen you talk about it. I've seen you. I actually seen you smoke it at, at shows and stuff. So uh, yeah, and I, yeah. I you know folks may remember the fresh the space fresh pack that was round mm-hmm. when it came in there. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what's crazy is I, I don't think this is the part that I love about this industry as well. I have seen uh, re, you know ratings and reviews on Arlequin left and right. And, and, and I've seen the 91, the 92, the 93. I've seen the 84, 85, 87 across the board. And I personally, I personally always take my, the reviews that we get on our cigars, um, regardless if they're good or not great. I always, to me, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a blessing because it allows for my cigar to get out there, even if it's somebody else's point of view. But what I love is that this person is how wide it is, you know, it's the, it's in the upper nineties. It's in the, it's in the, it's in the mid eighties. It's just a different point of view. And I've seen people within even the same, if it's, a, if it's, a, if it's in magazines or if it's in uh, uh, blogs or if it's whoever that one loves it and just thinks it's amazing. The other one thinks it's like, eh, it's not my favorite cup of tea. So I always, find that as well uh very interesting to say the least well i think it's a, it's a very unique flavor profile right yeah. and and um you know i i i liked it too out of the space fresh packs too uh omar i have to admit and then when you pressed it um i didn't know you know like you said like you because in and you gave some really nice intrigue we'll go into this because i want to follow that up because I, I i don't know if everyone understands why press cigars n- need to be underfilled 
but that was something that I was thinking about. I was like, okay, what, what, what are you going to pull out? Because I really liked the unique flavor of the tobacco when it was in the Parejo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know what, cause you would have to remove something, right. Or, or take out less and what that would do to the blend and everything. And, um, the way that that opened up, cause I thought the draw was, and, and Cooper and I were both like, uh, what we call our, we call our perfect draw is that draw that has that slight resistance to it. Right. Yes. Um, um, but the openness of the draw on the, on the revamped Arlequin, when you pressed it really brought a lot of those those flavors to like to light for me 100 100 i'm really, so really glad you it. mentioned that Bear, because you're so right about it even on the fresh pack when it was on the fresh pack um the idea was to not overfill it too much um well, about 65 70 points on it uh, in terms of that pressure point but when we pressed it obviously a lot of those flavors really did come alive I'm telling you, man, I, I, I have seen a lot of changes because, you know, I love to box press my cigars, right? Like I do a box press line in every single one of my lineups. I, I, I do the Parejo line and then I do the box press line so people can appreciate some of the differences. We use it as an instructional for people as well. But I've never seen anything like, you know, the way we press this and, um, and, and a lot of these flavors coming alive for me was, it was impressive. You know, I remember Omar, this is going back again to the classical line. Uh, you did that special set that had yeah. box. It was a box, a series of box presses on the class. Yes. And I yes. love, I love those cigars because it was a great interpretation of what the pressing did in that case. Exactly. Exactly. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that was back in 14. Yeah. Um, a long time ago. Um, yeah. that we, man, that was a while back. That was literally the year after we had launched it. Yeah. And it was also, this I am obsessed with 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 some of these. I had one called the Box Chorito there that was yeah. four by four, you know four three quarters by like forty six, and it was just people were like raving over it. Um, and it was the first time that we that at least I, I, that I remember seeing um, the idea of like using like the like the cigar press, you know, like that kind of flow. Because when we launched it, people were like, "Oh my god, that's such a bright idea!" Da, da, da. And I'm sure some other people may have. Uh, use it in the past or not but then the following year i think it was oscar that came out with it with an actual box i was like right. man this is sick and i love it so very That's, very unique yeah it was it it came in that like i said it, that five i remember that five pack and and the box arito that was the one i remember that was a real that, that i remember that, that was the one i really liked yeah yeah and it was a great price point. It was like under 50 bucks to get that thing, right? It was, wasn't that exactly. expensive. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a great price point too. I mean, we did it. We, we really, that is something that I am, I'm definitely looking to, uh, to do, uh, you know, as we go forward. Because yeah. again, we, we've done, you've, you're right. We have launched uh, quite a few lines, obviously, in these nine years that we've been in business. But if you look at my lineup, we're still within my core premium line. Right. It's about six mm-hmm. blends that we have. We have the classical, we have the oral, we got the Bianco, right? That's my core line. Um, and then the following years, we've launched the Spazio line <coughs> that has my, my uh, Naveta, my Naveta Inverso. And then we have what we call our Carnavale line, which is the uh, Fratello Arlequin. And then obviously there'll be something, some new additions that will be uh, released with that. But um, we, we, we don't have a whole bunch of like different cigars that we always launch. We, we do have um, our original series where we do stuff like the Texan, but that's one box of cigars that we do for that. And uh, we're proud of that, but we are getting into more of uh, let's try some different new things and see how that's going to 
play out for the value of the company going forward. Yeah, I mean, you've always kind of done this like experimentation thing. Um, you haven't been a play to just play around, and it's it's one of the things I think that you know I think I could speak for Bear why we love Fratello and covering the brand. I I'll tell you one of your like hit one of your underrated cigars was that Piccolo when you changed the wrapper on it for the uh from from the classical that 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 was a, yeah. Piccolo was good, yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. yes. That's such a good little cigar, man. It really was. Yes, yes. That was That is one uh, that I believe we're going to, as we go forward, I want to make sure that I can uh, do some other things like, you know, bring the Piccolo line maybe, but in the oral and do, you know, some smaller, uh, like I use that very big white box, 100 count, but people still like, they were, they've been ordering this cigar for me, especially in the winter time frame. In the higher in the in the northern states, it goes it goes incredibly well. But it's such a hard cigar to make, guys. Um, it's costing almost the exact same as it costs to produce a Corona. It's too it's incredibly expensive. But obviously, I don't have to pay the forty cent per cigar when it lands here because it's you know the quantities and the and the weight is way below yeah. uh, what the ship is for that. So that's a, that's a plus. Yeah. But oh wow, okay, same interesting. My my piccolo story is this: I had to leave. I had to leave town abruptly one time, so I was driving uh, shortly after uh, after you released it, Omar. And um, I had, you know, I was in my car. I was going down the driveway, and I was like, "Oh shit, I don't have any cigars." So I went back to the house, and like that, the the bag that I had that was closest was just my bag of piccolos, and uh, and that's what I had for a road trip. Man, it was fantastic. I just kept smoking those. And it was awesome, man. They're fan- it's, it's a fantastic so blend. It is, yeah. man. Oh, it is. You change that wrapper, man. And obviously, you know, you got such such little tobacco that you can play with in, you know, in, inside the Vitola. Uh, but changing that wrapper was was key for this. Key, 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 key. Yeah, it, it was. It Like I said, it just was like magic when it happens. And it goes back again to what we were talking about. Just changing one thing on a cigar creates a whole other experience for sure. 100%. Right. 100%. Yeah. So Omar, I got an interesting question. I don't think I've ever asked anyone on this show this question, but I think you have a a diverse enough portfolio to that one could do this in and not like blow out their palate, uh, but small enough to actually enjoy the experience. Like if we went, if we went uh, in like like let's just call it a Fratello day, right? Like how would how would one how would you recommend someone smoke through the portfolio? Where would they start? Where would they end up? I I'm assuming, and we know what assuming does, but I'm assuming we would start with the oral. Maybe not, in your opinion, but like, where would we go from there, and like, how would we get through all your cigars in your portfolio? In your, in your opinion, I think that the way to do it is really uh, um, by by launch years. Uh, that's the way I would go about it, and I'll tell you okay. why. Um, I launched the Fratello Classico in, uh, in that in the 2013 trade show, and it was a meaningful body blend for sure. Like, it was not the mm-hmm. kind of cigar that you just like have somebody that smokes on the mouth to meet it, but people need to know first the story of how this cigar came around and about so that they can know the trajectory that we've had ever since as manufacturers of cigars and, you know, importers and distributors of premium cigars. So um, for me, it would be like, hey, let me show you what I was trying to do with the Fratello Classic. And what I was trying to do was basically, you know, understand my palate, you know, at, the, at this very early on age, I mean, I was working with, Jose Blanco at that time, I was working with uh, uh, Mario Perez and Juan Ignacio and everybody at, at Hoyo de Nicaragua that 
you know, they were trying to kind of understand my smoking, my smoking profile, the what cigars I enjoy, because obviously at the end of the day, I'm the one making the decision of what the, the cigar is going to be. So we went through a lot of different iterations. And so I want to tell that story first. It's like, this isn't something that I put together. None of my cigars is something that I always say, oh, I blended the cigar and this is what I do. It's a team effort, right? I mean, it's something that I, I depend on Mario to work with. I depend on, obviously, I'm the end decision maker. I'm the one that's saying, I want to work with this rapper. I want to work with this kind of tobacco. Let's see what we come about. But when we all sit down and we, we talk about the tobacco, we talk about the blends, we put something together, um, every single year and every single story, I think, makes sense. So when Bianco was launched, at that point, I was like, and which is the second cigar I would tell people to smoke. It's like, this second cigar right now, is something for you to understand that it took me 56 times. 50, I was driving Hoya and Nicaragua crazy. They still talk about the, you know, how intense I was, you know, when I was launching the Fratello Bianco, but I, I had to do that so that I can understand myself more as we're producing something that I'm launching out on the market and, I, and how much I wanted to, to, to be different. You know what I mean? I used a yeah. lot of that. I used that time in the Res Negrito um, to kind of show people say, like, Hey, you know, you can have a cigar that's very high priming, oily, looks super dark, but doesn't necessarily have to be strong. I wanted to keep it as simple as that. I didn't even talk mm -hmm. about the fact that it was a Maduro. I didn't talk about the, you know, the fact that I had this, this other type of tobacco. I was look, just looking into introducing and telling people, I put this together with this many blends. That's the reason there's a 5x56 in my cigars, which is a th by the Bianco number three, because I was paying homage to the fact that it took me 56 times to blend this damn cigar and work with it at the factory. But that's how that cigar came about. And that's a solid medium body as a razor, but it's got a massive amount of flavor. And uh, um, Pennsylvania Broadleaf, we use on that. We use uh, uh, Peru, we use Nicaragua, we use Dominican, we use Mexico. So there's a lot of different things happening with that blend. And then I would take him to the Oro. So it would definitely be more on trajectory so that so that I can tell them the story about why the Bianco, why the Oro at that time, why did I go Oro Dominican Republic? I went Oro Dominican Republic because I was working with the tobacco in Hoya Nicaragua with this with the with the uh, uh, Connecticut Chase, the Connecticut cigars that I wanted to blend for the launch of the Oro. It was too strong. It was very earthy. It was a lot of Nicaragua. So I was like, the cigar is not ready for me to launch it out of Nicaragua. Let me launch it out of the Dominican Republic. So I went back to the Dominican Republic, which is the first cigar I ever tried. And I know I'm talking like a maniac, but I'm giving you guys a little bit about that thought process of well, every I mean, single one. Yeah, let's examine this because this was yeah. okay. Look, because I mean, this was at a really unique time in the in in the industry, Omar, and um and. You were by no means a follower. I, I don't know if I would say that you revolutionized this, but you were at a very oh. unique time in the industry where, I mean, prior to you, for, I'm going to say probably a decade before this, like if someone was launching a cigar brand, what would they do? They would launch a natural and they would launch a Maduro. And the natural was always a Connecticut. There was always a Connecticut offering from like an initial brand. Like everyone, everyone did oh. it this way. Mm -hmm. Everyone did it this way. Why are we going to do it this way? Because it's the way it's always done. I'm using quote fingers for the people who are listening later. But this this was something very unique that you decided. Now I'm going to launch a medium bodied cigar. Oh, I'm going to kick it up a notch. I am going to go towards the full bodied range. And now, now I'm going to start. I'm going to release. I'm going to release the uh, uh, the lighter bodied Ecuadorian Connecticut shade, which was in perfect sync with what I called the Connecticut Renaissance. Because yeah. it was like this rebirth appreciation for it. Because at the time, like people had kind of 
grown weary of it. They'd gotten like this is, com- you know, com- almost complacent about it in the marketplace. At least that was my opinion of it. But then stuff with the aura, for example, came out and it was just like, wow, this isn't this isn't what a Connecticut's supposed to taste like. It's like, damn right. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, 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 it, and it has to do primarily with my smoking preference. I mean, here and a story. I, I launched the first cigar, uh, the first cigar I ever launched, which was w- w- with the Fratello Classico, was the epitome of what I love in a cigar. So I wanted to make sure that this was a cigar that as I was smoking and smoking and smoking the different samples that I would get, be a cigar that I love. And so, you know, that happened to be a medium full body blend. But then after that, I started to say, what is the identity for Fratello? What is, how do we go about it? Because you got to bear in mind, guys, again, I got to go back at this. It is so hard so hard to launch a new cigar into a market when no one knows who the hell you are. No one knows that you even had, you didn't even work at a cigar shop. You didn't even have like a blog. You didn't even have anything. This is like zero, right? Like to the point that it's like, I was being asked at the trade show to stop taking and charging people with my credit card using a little square that at the end of the trade show, I already charged over $28,000 worth of credit cards for four boxes of cigars. You got to bear in mind, right? I landed 30 accounts with four boxes of cigars. And I had like almost $20,000 being held by square because I had breached their, 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 uh, their <laughs> policy of not using tobacco. So Think about how crazy is all of that. And wow. And then on top of that, having a full-time job for four years after that. Right. I mean, right. Right. like it was, it's, it's that kind of stuff that it's like just falling down and going back up, falling back down and getting back up. That gives you a lot of this. So, you know, we're here now last year, we doubled in size. We're up 56% this year so far, but it is a lot of those, you know, falling down and getting back up and understanding a lot of those things that, that really allows us to, to be where we're at right now. I just had a light bulb moment, Coop. So the next time someone gives you uh, gives you shit about uh, the fact that you're not covering something or whatever, and how you have to always casually remind people that you actually have a day job, yeah, uh, just just tell them to tell them to go see Omar and tell right. him, yeah. so right, he can right, tell them right. how hard he can uh, tell him how hard it is. <laughs> yeah, this guy this guy was running a, a cigar company, a cigar company working for NASA. I mean, <laughs> You and I talked about this when we were when we were, I, was, I went down there for uh, the North Carolina event. You remember that? Uh, yep. Um, uh, I think it was Tom Cacadelli's who put who put that together, and we yep. had a very small uh, trade show, like kind of you know selling cigars. And again, one of those situations, I had no idea. Like he invites me over and says, "Oh, Omar, you have an account in the Carolinas," and I'm like, oh, "That's a great idea. Let me go ahead and drive down." So I drove down the day that they that. Uh, that uh, Congress shut down the U.S. federal government in 2013, which I remember. Oh, so yes. that's yeah. right. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I was like, this is great. I can sell cigars for a couple of weeks. Packed <laughs> it up with 125 boxes of cigars and just drove down so that I could go to that event and sell cigars in the process. So the only get, federal government employee that's happy it, about it. it. Like, it, it, I'm not getting paid. This is fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about it. That's right. Yeah. I drove down and I had, when I got there, I had sold 125 boxes of cigars, by the way, completely handed it to people, got to the event, I had zero cigars. So I'm like, uh, so what am I supposed to do now? I didn't even know you needed to get an order to go in. <laughs> I just, I was just so happy to be invited. I was like, holy shit, I'm making it. This is amazing. 
but within a solo single thing yeah. in event. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're bringing back a lot of memories, Omar, because you mentioned the Bianco, and I do remember, you know, how like you were going through all these iterations and because you had sent me some of the test plans. Uh, yes. And I just remember, and it was, and, and, he, and Omar was looking for very detailed feedback from these things. Too. Yes. It wasn't just, hey, smoke them, see if you like it. So I remember you were going through a lot of iterations with that. Yes. And then also the, or I do remember the, when the Oro came out, that was 2016 when the, there was so much uncertainty with the FDA at that point too. Yeah. Like you didn't even know if that was going to be able to stay on the market at that point, probably just was, yeah. no one knew what was going on back then. Oh, yeah. I'll correct you, Coop. Omar's the only one that looked the FDA's deeming regulations in the eye and 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 stayed calm through the storm, man. He's the only one. Everybody <laughs> remember, was dropping brands like crazy. You remember this, Bear? Everyone yeah. dropped brands like they were going out of style. I'm there like, was, what the hell is going on? There was stuff. Well, yeah, we were calling them the the, the stealth cigars. I mean, all these the stealth cigars were appearing. And no one knew what these cigars were all about. I mean, it's just, oh, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll ship you a box. <laughs> Very true. The, uh, the, 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 fan, the phantom uh, the phantom orders yeah, and stuff. Yeah. 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 And, and I guess, Omar, the, the last thing, and we've talked about this is, so, Bear, I mean, you'll appreciate this too. He's worked with the two oldest factories uh, in, in those mm-hmm. respective countries. of, of yeah. Oldest factory in the DR with Aurora and the oldest factory in Nicaragua with Hoya. I mean, that's, that's some pedigree you got going on there, Omar. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and the first one was, uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest, uh, the reason I came to that was Jose Blanco uh, had, had done an approach because he had left Hoya in La, La Aurora in the Dominican Republic, which really going to the Dominican Republic was my first thought process. Let me go back to my country. I can do a cigar there. And he hit me up and says, hey, why don't you come and try to do a cigar in Nicaragua as well? And there was uh, somebody that he knew that it's like the Dominican Republic is the best place for this kind of stuff, man. It's like, you know, somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows Jose Blanco, right? So we ended up uh, uh, going, you know, right about that kind of flow and uh, um, going to Nicaragua. I, I did some research, obviously, before that. And I noticed that they weren't producing a cigar for anybody else. And I love that. I was like, holy mm. crap. So yeah. I'm the only guy that they're producing a cigar for. There was another couple companies. That well, Miami cigar is probably the other one, but that's, yeah. you know, they have that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Miami at that point, um, even at that point, because I remember that they told me, Omar, do not tell anybody that you're producing a cigar with Hoya Nicaragua. Cause at that time, Steve yeah. Saka was the president. He told them specifically, no telling anybody that, hopefully, you know, that Hoya Nicaragua was producing other cigars. Cause, they felt like we could be a competition in the market. I remember you know? we couldn't. I remember we couldn't yeah. talk about it at the retailer. We were, yeah, I remember. <laughs> like they're like, I was like, oh, where's this manufacturer? And you're like, yeah. we're not supposed to know that it's Hoya. And I'm like, <laughs> but but I did. Okay. You know I know. You know why I knew it was Hoya? Because the the picture on your website, I had just been the Hoya only like two months earlier. <laughs> so so like yeah, I saw. I'm like, he's making it Hoya. Like we just kept it quiet yeah. back then. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you had to be unless you just really were in that factory. That was the only way you would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were making it very hard. So I love that. And uh, um, at that point, it was it was very unique to obviously have that full attention. And uh, and then I, I just I just hit the Fratello Road, man, and that was it. Yeah. Well, it's a, nine years it was, later, we'll go around. Yep. 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 Yeah, no. So I mean, like I said a lot. Of, there's a lot of good memories, a lot of good stories as, as you evolve your brand. Um. Let's kind of go to this year. So again, you're known for you're known. I'll put you. I'll say the word innovator. You're a guy who's not afraid to push the button here, and vice versa is is the release for this year. 
Yes, it is. Yes. So this was this was uh this was fun, guys, and and probably the biggest the biggest uh, pain in my Dominican behind I've ever had at the same time. Because <laughs> uh, this uh, uh my my buddy Kevin uh, uh, from Cigar Prop he reached out uh, sent me a message that said Omar, this is something that I you know I don't think I've ever seen before. Da 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 like. Is there, is there a possibility of having a cigar that could smoke from both ends? And I'm like, okay, that's, I thought that was interesting. I mean, I was like, but any cigar you could probably smoke from both well, that ends. Well, that was my question on that too, is can't you just do that with any cigar? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you can, and I was like, okay, so this is weird. Like, cause you can really cut any cigar and just smoke it from whatever the hell you want. And obviously the best cigar to do that kind of stuff would probably be a perfecto because then you only have to go from one other side and it makes it very easy. Right. Um, but then it occurred to me that why not do something that, that I, that hasn't been done before with this and let's make a cigar that the experience is chosen by the consumer and the consumer, because I'm going to triple cap the cigar on both ends. The consumer gets a chance to decide if they want to smoke the cigar mild to creamy, then you cut here and you light it up here. But if you want the cigar to start off strong, spicy and bold and cut it here and light it up here. So obviously you got to cut the cigar on both ends so that it can happen more, more seamless, right? But uh, that's why we triple capped it. And we wanted to get the consumer to say, hey, let's smoke the cigar. If I want to light it up mild and, meat and creamy, let's cut it up on the Connecticut part and then light it up on the other end. So I presented this project to Hoya, I went to La Aurora, I went to uh, Kattenberger and we had this conversation a few times. I went to another factory and everybody was like, I even talked to Hanky Kellner Jr. It's like, Hanky, what do you think about this? That kind of stuff. And he was like, it's too, it's too much, man. It's too hard. We gotta, we gotta train the guys. We gotta sit down. There's not gonna be that much of a quantity. And so it just became such a headache that it kept postponing and postponing. So I finally went down to Dominican Republic, talked to Manuel, because Manuel loves to, you know, challenge projects like this all the time. And it was like, yeah, well, let's, let's talk to, uh, um, his name is Magdaleno, which is the guy that, uh, one of the best rollers they've had, or one of the rollers they had for the longest time. And we sat down with him and man, we put it together and it was it. But he told me, Omar, don't expect to do too many quantities on this. It's just too damn hard. Let's, Capital up a critical quantity. Let's launch it and see how it goes. And then uh, uh, Fratello, uh, vice versa, was launched. So, or I, I'm exhausted I, uh, just talking about it. It is so damn hard. We'll go, but we'll go a little bit more in depth uh, yeah. in a second. Right? Well, that it it is a really interesting project. But like I, I was kind of I was before you kind of in, said uh, started and then there, I was going to crack a joke about like I always I've said this before, well before vice versa came. I said like if. I was like, if anyone's ever, if a cigar smoker, serious cigar smoker, or even moderately serious cigar smoker has ever said that they've, if they ever tell you that they've never cut the end of a cigar and lit the wrong end and smoked it, if they say they've never done that, they're absolutely lying to you because everyone's done it. Everyone's Everybody's done it. Done it. Everyone's, everyone's done it. Um, but yeah. this gives them reason to. This gives them reason to because they get a, they get the experience that you're talking about that they want, which is. I, I didn't, I, you know, Omar. When I first saw it, when you when you first start, like when you first announced it, and I was I was re really trying to wrap my head around it. I was like, wait, what? And then, but wait, but wouldn't wouldn't the leaves if 
and look, look, I have never manufactured a cigar in my life, but I'm like, you know, wouldn't the leaves have to, well, what happens if that like, and so I think this, I think the, the intent that which you built it with is actually really unique because it gives, it gives the smoker uh, the, the chance to experience the cigar. And of course, like, and it's also pretty genius too, Omar, let's just call it because you got to buy two. You gotta, you gotta try. You gotta try it twice. You gotta try it twice. <laughs> you gotta try it twice. So right, right, right. Gotta try it twice. And Coop and I are a big proponent about trying vitolas. Like, okay, if you don't like a cigar, try a different yes. vitola. Right. Yes. This is okay. Flip it. If you don't like the cigar, well, flip right. it. I well, that's I got a, right. I got a more, I got a more serious question here. As a reviewer, what do I do here? Is it reviewed two ways? I mean, I think the answer is yes. I think it's got to be reviewed Absolutely. too. Absolutely. So you got to. So that because, again, if the experience is different, the idea is I review the experience. Right. So, yes. yeah, I, I, I don't see any other way. Bear, we'd have to review it twice. Review it twice. You have to review it twice. And yeah. here's 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 a here's some of the extra challenges. And the reason why this project was more of a challenge to me, that's why I kept it going than anything else, because we could I guys, I could launch a cigar right now. And, 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 and for me, I've never been there kind of like the limited edition guy that's not what i'm known for uh, i'm more of like I, I i love my core brands and i hit on my core brands but this project was a challenge and it was just because every single time i would approach another factory or another company let's go ahead and do it let's see how it goes it was it was just not working and so when we finally put it together we sat down with magdalena i swear to god this was the day we we came up with a blend we already knew we we had the wrapper we had the binder together we had a few other things but we just didn't, we, we needed to work on the, on the tobaccos that we were putting. So obviously, you know, the tobaccos, the higher priming tobaccos that we have, like, the, um, you know, up towards the tip, when the plant comes, like the leaf kind of drops down, that kind of like triangle towards the bottom usually has the most, the most amount of strength on, you know, on any uh, ligero leaf, right? So we cut that, we were working on, let's cut that, let's put this, Condega, let's put some of that Esteli, let's put it on Pennsylvania over here so that it, we can we can really capture that. Let's blend some more Carbonel on the process, put some of that Indonesian so it can be on the milder side. So when people light it over here, they can be drastically different. And so when Manuel sent me this last iteration of, of cigars for me to try it over here, I was like, I called him up and me to say, produce 24,000, let's go ASAP. This is the blend. <laughs> Let's not mess it around anymore. Tell Magdaleno to remember because we had to even in the in even as the, in the rolling station we had to market. You have to train like we had to train the other guys to do this particular cigar so that we could actually produce or you know twenty four thousand. It was it was it was hard, man. It was very hard. Is you know, this a one and done, or is it is it something that you would consider is a one done, or or is it maybe ongoing limited? Oh, really? No more, okay. No more. No more. This is one of those, like, for sure, no more. You know what I mean? Because everybody knows, you know, when it comes to limited edition, it's like, oh, my God, it went so well. We got it and released it full time, uh, uh, which is similar to what we were trying to do with the Fratello Texan. This time around, this is too hard, man. This is like, uh, um, you know, even Manuel, as he was, my, you know, my, well, Manuel Noah from La Aurora came to, the, came to the booth and saw it. It was like, Dude, I'm glad we capped it at 24,000 because there's no way, you know, we can take any more people to produce 120 of these cigars in a day. You know what I mean? It's too much. Yeah. Coop, I just thought of another uh, another thing that's going to come up too. So, Omar, uh, Coop, Coop's a 
they and I, I'm, I I say this with I say this slightly in jest, but seriously, like Coop's very much a stickler about rules and criteria and stuff. So, Coop, it just dawned on me that the cigar is probably going to top, going to pop on some top twenty-five lists. And does it pop twice? Does it pop twice? Does or it which, pop twice which, now? Which side? You know, <laughs> people are not going to miss. Like, oh, the Vitello Inverso. Which side? <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if this comes up, I will throw myself on the Empire State Building. I, we don't, <laughs> I do not need my company to get a first up 25 when I think I was going to be released this once. I don't want to be Viajo on this, okay? <laughs> but yeah, doesn't make history if the a cigar is on the list twice. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That would cool. be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Oh, that's an interesting bear. I didn't even think of that one. Yeah. Um, so a couple, one question I have, Omar, is yeah. the double cap cigars. Now, there have been double cap cigars before. Now, I've heard yes. some challenges of that in terms of moisture. Is that, is that anything that you've encountered yes. along the way? Yes. This is something that we have to take care of uh, uh, at different levels and the humidity that we use. It, and then when we put it in the factory so that they can age, we have, we're actually aging these a little bit longer. Uh, and letting them sit for a little bit longer so that they can kind of like adapt because they're going to go through that shock, obviously, when you, when you freeze the cigars and when you bring them to the U.S., yeah. kind of like that shock when it comes over here. So even when they land over here, um, we're going to put them in a secure spot to kind of have them reach their peak. So I actually, um, I, I intend to do some checking, obviously, once it arrives because that is a concern. Um, but... As of this last batch that came that, you know, we, we did another thousand cigars where we're checking them and making sure it is, it's perfection. So you're 100% right. Humidity is a concern, um, but it's only a concern when you don't take your time and just making sure that they can have their proper amount of time resting and whatnot. So we're, we're counting on our, on our retail brick and mortar, the one that have bought that Fratello vice versa yep. um, to do the exact same. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I've, I've, I had heard of that in the past as well. Yeah. Um, guy bear. Oh, I was just gonna say. So, Omar, I do I do have one small, one small, one small bone to pick with you though. So, um, you know, you, you know, you uh, you took Kevin up on this great idea and and started to work with uh, Manuel. You know, as you just uh, went through the whole story, and everything. Um, I know a guy too that gave you a really great idea. Um, just saying. Um, and uh, you know, if you want to take him up on it. Um, I don't want any credit. I, you know, remind me, brother. So, remind me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you the text message conversation. So it's, it's. It, I thought it was pretty genius. I'm not gonna lie. So, uh, well, I, uh, I, I know remember. this is a teaser-free oh, zone for everybody, but we're gonna, but we're gonna, send we're gonna it, leave it, it to me. Send it, I will. I will. Send it to me. Let me uh, remind myself. Because I, because I did say, because I was like, I, I said, the, I sent, I sent Omar an idea, everybody, and. Uh, and he's like, oh, interesting. I was like, interesting is what people say when they really don't like something. So really <laughs> like and you're like, no, man, I love it. I love it. it sounds great. You know, like, yeah, I'd love to take a look at it. So uh, I'll send you the, I'll send you the text. Resend it, please. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. <laughs> so. No, no. It, 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 it wasn't, like I said, it was an interesting idea that Kevin had here for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, you got to give him credit on that. Um, and, and like I said, it, uh, it goes to show you that sometimes just implementing these things are not easy uh, either, you know? So uh, there was a lot of work that went into this. Um, I'm excited to smoke this cigar. I, uh, I'll be honest. I'm, I can't wait to smoke it. Um, Cause I think it's, I think it, it is something different twice. Can't wait to smoke, it twice. smoke it twice. Yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, I definitely am gonna. And it's a it's a twelve count box. So I mean, that's that's a nice offering too. Oh, two and two. That way, people can go. Yeah. Let me go around two. Boom. And then two. Yeah. Exactly. When, when can we see? Expect to see it on the shelf somewhere. So October first, uh, it's our plan to start shipping uh, the cigars, um, and uh, and we're gonna stick to that. It's gonna be. Again, the cigars are made. This is this is more of like uh, understanding that moisture level for us is key uh, because we want to make sure that when the cigars are, are hitting the market, they're just they're ready to smoke and they're just perfect. So uh, um, it really does have a lot to do with you know making sure that they have their time to sit to their you know get the uh, you know we, we're going to check on the humidity on them as we mm-hmm. uh, as we go along, pluck a couple with that. Um, I forgot what it is, but I love it. It's that little uh, medic thingy that measures the humidity inside, stuff yep. like that. Um, so I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna be doing quite a bit of checking on this. But again, small project, um, a lot, a lot, a lot of work. Uh, but pretty excited to give the consumer the reins on it because this isn't something that. Because I remember um, we did some research in cigars. I think it was a CI that came out with a cigar that was also cut on both ends and that you could cut it down the middle, stuff like that. This is not meant for us to cut down the middle. Um, this is meant for us to have the consumer be the one to choose. How do you light it up? You want to start off your experience with a mild to creamy, boom, light it up on this end. If you want your cigar to start off strong, spicy and bold, light it up on the other. Right. So as far as the blend goes now, obviously it's a blend that you're happy with, right? Is this yeah. something that maybe a foundation for something else i mean because you have you're obviously happy with this blend is that a possibility yeah. we could see you out of this so not for this this was this this blend um was so was so unique to this cigar that there is no way that something will come out of out of it uh outside of like the fact that i i'm fascinated with this wrapper but i've used this wrapper before on the uh fratello text and it's the same yep. wrapper that we use in the fratello text but I, I had to use two wrappers because if, if the worst thing that can happen to you as well is like a consumer tries to cut it over here and then all of a sudden the cigar starts to unravel with them that's kind of like how intense this project was right? right like um if you cut it too much then obviously unravels you're screwed so we had to double wrap double cap the cigar uh, on both ends, and right. it's about just double capping it, but also putting two wrappers on it. So, that it, so it's ex- incredibly expensive to produce as well. So um, people are definitely going to experience something something very different with this project. Um, but uh, but needless to say, it's one and done. So we'll see. Right, right, right. that would definitely uh, make make sense on that because. Don't be uh, giving me no ninety nine now, Coop, on this cigar. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Oh boy, what does Developing Palace do with this uh, bear? They have to smoke too. They smoke too. Do they add it up? <laughs> Maybe that helps out. <laughs> it could be interesting. I don't yeah. know. That's no, a good no, question. No, 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 it's good. It, it, it's it's no, it's yeah. No, I mean, and I was going to ask. And stuff, right? Like they're just going to have to like. What do we do? We just have to send two to people so that they can now, try. Now, now it's two cigar. Now it's two cigars that Aaron won't like. So it'll be fine. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. exactly. But 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 actually, you answered another one of my questions, Omar. I was going to say, why go with the seven by fifty-two? And I think the you answered that very clearly just now. It's yeah. you know, hey, you needed to work with the two wrappers. This wasn't something you could just throw onto a. This would have been very hard to do on a five by fifty. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. yeah. It had to be a seven by fifty-two. Yeah, it had to be. Oh, so that's a, 
that's a, uh, you know, a very good, uh, you know, like I said, I'm pretty excited about this. I think uh, we need some fresh ideas in the industry from time to time. Um, and, you know, I think in the end, Omar, it's kind of, it introduces people to, you know, it, it gives you some, this limited will be a good gateway, I think, to some of the other great blends that you've done uh, over, yeah. over the years. As you far know, as yeah. Last thing I'll say on this, Ed, uh, Ed, kind of joking too, but you know, you know now, Omar, you, you've made the decision. It's limited. It's great. You're, you're, you're like, hey, I, we did it. It's fantastic. It's fun. You've got every other manufacturer quivering in their booth, their boots, man, that people are going to be like, every brand owner is going to be like i want to do that so now every manufacturer is like shitting themselves like yeah. no no we right. don't do it don't do it people yeah. let me tell you right now i already did it for you i'm already going through the pains and suffering of having to put a cigar together low margins i'm telling you guys save the trouble and launch another brand another <laughs> oh cigar. wow it's way easier okay right good piece of advice for my good manufacturers right. out there <laughs> so here's the the, the twenty thousand dollar question which is it better going from the mild creamy end or from the the stronger end so i i enjoy i enjoy i enjoy the mild to creamy uh starting off all my cigars i don't want my cigars to start off too strong right. um but the other day, I it's, again, I this is the one thing that I did love about it is the fact that I wanted to smoke the cigar, the same cigar, and just light it up on the on the strong part, and it was fantastic. Saturday had a very heavy meal, and it was like that was like two days ago. Light it up, and I was like perfect. It was just hitting my palate. It was like later in the later in the evening, and I already smoked about three or four cigars already. So I wanted something that could capture my attention and light it up on the strong part. So the consumer decides, and that's the part that I do love about it. Um, it's it's a more of it's a it's a more interactive cigar uh, between the consumer and the retailer. So there's a story to be told, and that's that's kind of what I'm most excited uh, about uh, this 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 opportunity. And the people that ordered at the trade show, we had a we have about 120 accounts roughly that's going to carry this cigar, and we're going to put it in the in uh, Obviously, we're going to put this in into our press release when it comes to reach out so people know where they need to try it. That's good. That's good to hear on that. So, so yeah, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to try that cigar. Yeah, stoked yep. to try it twice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Exactly. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to get to a couple more Fratello uh, things. But, uh, Bear, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do our, our, our president segment here. Sure. Let's do yep. it. Uh, and I'm going to pull an audible here, by the way, on it, too. So, okay. uh, so Omar, this is our, our president segment. Um, and I want to mention our president segment. Uh, it's presidential trivia. It's sponsored by uh, United Cigars, featuring La Diana Havana and distributed to Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garoppolo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United. So, uh, Omar, there's two questions I'm going to ask Bear. Bear doesn't know about the second question. That I, This is one I thought of. And I just decided to audible him uh, and you can play along with this. So the idea, Omar, is there is a this is presidential trivia on presidents. Right. And the idea is I'm trying to stump Bear on a presidential trivia question. Uh, we this is the fourth time we're doing this and I have not stumped Bear yet. He's three and zero of debunking this. Right. Now, the oh, second yeah. question, Bear, is a little more for Omar. Okay? OK, so that's why with that one. But. Uh, here's the first, here's the question for Baron Omar. You can do this as you want. Who is the first U S president 
U.S. sitting U.S. president to visit the state of Alaska, not to, to visit Alaska. So I kind of gave a little bit away. This may not have been a state yet. Who is the first sitting president to visit Alaska? Okay. The first sitting U.S. president. He was a. He had to be a sitting president, meaning okay. he had to have, be in office when he went to Alaska. Got it. I I know the answer to this one. So okay. Are we? Are we gonna let Omar try to answer? Or you want me to? Oh, you like? I'll give you a shot to answer I'll first. Give, I'll give it a shot. Um, the second one you have to answer, by the way, because it's it's gonna be more related <laughs> to you. Um. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and say it was George H.W. Bush. Okay. First Bush. First Bush. There? You know what's crazy? So, okay, so you know what's crazy about this is Omar is actually a lot closer to the real answer than what most people think once I tell you this stat. So, um, so everyone knows that, uh, that Abraham Lincoln is my favorite president. Or right. at least people have been paying right. attention to the segment, right? So Abraham Lincoln is my favorite president, but my favorite cabinet member, one of my favorite cabinet members of all time, uh, was his Secretary of State William Seward. And the purchase of Alaska, the purchase for, of Alaska from Russia, for I was, believe it was seven million dollars. Coop, you can check me on that one. I believe huh? it was seven million dollars. This was in 1867. Andrew Johnson was president, so it was after the assassination. And it was known as Seward's Folly, right? Mm -hmm. 1867. The first U.S. sitting president to visit the state of Alaska actually occurred after it became a state in 1959. It was in 1960, and it was Dwight D. Eisenhower. Remember, I said it is incorrect. Incorrect. That is incorrect. We have stumped. It is Warren G. Harding. Warren G. Harding went to Alaska, went to Alaska. He, it was part when? of that. It was part of that tour he did where he was touring and then he came back and got sick. Oh, that's right. OK. So yeah, it, because he went because he, he went through the wrong about this. I don't like it. Is this oh, the man. First time? Yeah. We have stump bear. Oh my God! So the so the way this is happening in this this show, my show, like where we're hanging out, very unacceptable. Let's do another. I'm one. sorry, man. I, I, I could have. We are gonna do another one. We are gonna do another. I could have sworn. I could have sworn it was Whitey Eisenhower. And, and, and Bear, you have a right to appeal this, um, as well. You know, if fact check me, but I I think it, well, I'm I'm positive it was Warren G. Hardy. Wow. That he visited that as president. He was on this big tour. It was not a state then. That's why I kind of corrected myself. Not oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. He would prefer. Oh, I wouldn't have got. I wouldn't have gotten it either way. Okay. Think. So we got bear. I got bear. I thought that was gonna be an easy one for him. All right. Yeah. All right. So this one's more up on. That's right. His voyage of understanding. Warren G's. Yeah. Warren G. Harding's voyage of voyage of understanding. Yep. So. So he went there, mm. and and some people say he. That's where he got sick. It's it's hard to tell. Uh, they don't know got for it. sure where he got sick. Um, it's not been confirmed he got sick in Alaska. But he was on that was part of that long tour and he came back from his sick and died in office. Mm. Yep. 
So I'm going to do the quick math on this. <laughs> No, it's kind of in the middle. I was going to say Omar was still probably closer than most people would guess. Yep. <laughs> from when it was actually purchased. Oh, crazy. Okay. Wow. Oh, gosh. Yeah, the voyage of understanding. Yeah, now I remember that. I don't, I didn't, uh, obviously didn't remember that he went to Alaska. Damn. Damn. Nice one. Nice one, Coop. All right. What's, this, what's your second question? All right. So this is related to the space shuttle. Okay. And I want to know when the first. The very first space shuttle was flu. Who was the sitting U.S. president when that space shuttle went up? I know this. This is where you want to go, or want me to go? Well, this is for me. The first shuttle. The first shuttle. The first. The very 19, first. Nineteen eighty-one. So that's Carter. It was in April of 81, right? Well, was it? April or... Okay, let's go back. Was that the first space shuttle? 19... Uh, yeah, 19... Wait, shit. It was, it was 1981. You know what? It might have been... It might have been Reagan because um, if it was if it was if it was April it was of eighty one it was it was, it was, it was, it was Reagan. Reagan yeah it, it was Reagan this is Reagan you're right because uh, he was outgoing at that point right yeah uh, yeah Carter Carter dying. didn't get reelected that's right so it was it was it was Reagan and, and then Reagan was inaugurated in it the was spring of eighty one yeah I think it was April as a matter of fact I have like a little uh, coin um, that that commemorates that twenty fifth anniversary check this out how cool is that was it the oh, man? This is like a trick question because it's like that was the first mission, right? Was that first space shuttle? Was that the first space shuttle? STS one was definitely nineteen eighty one for sure. Shit, you know what it's called? I just know. I just know the shuttle launch. <laughs> STS one. Uh... So, yeah, so, it's, it's so if you're saying if you're saying it's the STS one, right? You're correct. It's it's April 1981. Okay, so it's Carter. So it's not. So it's Reagan. It was Reagan. But what about the Enterprise? So the Enterprise never flew, though. Okay, the Enterprise never flew. That was, uh, yeah, uh, I thought they did. Stuck your own question. So I thought I thought the Enterprise. It's the Enterprise. That was my question. Because if it was the Enterprise, then it would have been Carter. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We built. Uh, so what we did, we, we built the uh, the enterprise to uh, kind of like the like the mock-up model. But we it was perfect. It was like the whole thing, but it just never flew. So it was used a lot for like uh, after you know all the other shuttles started you know being manufactured. Um, it was a we were we they would still use it for parts, right. uh, even after the first uh, and the it second. It didn't orbit. The enterprise flew, but didn't orbit. No, they, exactly. It never. Yeah. It, it now. Yep. I don't know what happened with that. I don't know if it was, I'm not sure if it was if, it, if they put it behind, you know, on top of the 757. I doubt it. Um, but, but yeah, no, my understanding was the Enterprise. Yeah, it never. Flew. It wasn't capable. It was never, like from what I understand, the Enterprise was never capable of going into orbit because uh, no. it didn't have the uh, the heat shields. Yeah, that's what I understood about. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was very good bad. questions right there. Yeah, the SDS one, baby. Boom. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, because it was yeah. it was a little bit like I said, it was so close to Carter and Reagan. I wanted yeah. to see if you guys got it, but then I wanted to throw yeah. that Enterprise one because I was I wasn't sure if the Enterprise actually flew into orbit. I didn't think it did because it didn't have no, the heat shield. Yeah. yeah. So, so there you go. That was a uh, good. A little bit of presidential trivia here. Um. Brought to you by United Cigar. And we uh, made history here because Bear has been nice. stumped. Now, I would imagine that he's going to still have a very high percentage uh, <laughs> on, on here, uh, which is which is good. I'm right about I'm right about the purchase, the purchase price of Alaska. That was seven million. It was there seven, you go. Seward's Folly. Yeah, million. it was Seward's Folly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The, the, but there you go. Yep. I know Bear was fact checking this one to make sure. But uh, all right. Omar, you mentioned, um, at, you know, one thing you have done as well, um, you've done a series of um, regional projects, right, uh, over the – and, you know, you mentioned the text, and that became a regular production cigar. Um, but you've done the DMV series uh, as well, and then the Pennsylvania, right? That's right. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. Um, This is one of those. Uh, um, this is one of the, this is our original series. We call it Regionale, um, and and the reason I love those projects is because I can cater those projects, and and and, I, and that's something that I, I love doing. Um, it also uh, goes really well because again, we're not the type of company that does a whole bunch of limited edition here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're we're looking into doing a few more things as we go down the line, but it was. Uh, it's it's something that I love doing because it's kind of like what I hear from some of our customers. You know what I mean? So when I go to Texas, I go to Nicaragua, I go to uh, Pennsylvania, or I go to Florida, or I go to Georgia, or I go to you know Mail or the DMV. People give me you know some of the stories, so I make small batches of these things, put them out in a particular region, and people support it. So it's been a very very uh, um, very fun uh, experience to kind of tailor our products to like different regions, and so. It has worked really, really well. Right. <laughs> and the, the DMV is one, it's an annual thing, right? That you do. Yeah, yeah it's an annual thing. It, uh, it, does that change up from year to year? So last year we never we didn't release a, a, um, a DMV line. We are planning on releasing a DMV line this year. Um, the reason we didn't do it last year is because the Maduro selection, which I launched the year before, um, came in very, very late. So I started shipping, um, you know, closer to like it was really more available in tw- June, January 2020. So people were getting a lot of those, uh, a lot of that, a lot of those cigars. Then before that, we always launch it in November of every year, so that people in the DMV they can use it for gifting stuff like that. Um, and it and 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 that part has been great. Uh, but uh, the, the the reason we skipped last year for the DMV. Uh, lineup was especially that, and I want to launch always something that is very different, very very unique. And so that's why we did a line. Um, our last iteration of the Maduro, of the DMV was a Maduro selection, just so that people can try one of the different cigars, and they're all different in that box. We put four entirely different blends in one size, one vitola, so that people can enjoy um, you know something different as well. And it came out really really good. We only produced six hundred boxes of that, but Again, it was such a fun project. It went really, really well. Yeah. And, and that will always be a regional release? Yeah, it'll be a regional release. Okay. Yes. Okay. And the same with the Pennsylvania, right? The Pennsylvania has only had one release? 
one release and that's it. Yeah. Okay. We had this, uh, um, we had this tobacco, um, um, it's a Connecticut broad leaf that we used. Uh, we just didn't have it. We just didn't have much. So we launched, you know, 300 boxes, 400 boxes of it. And it was, and it was done. Very, very, very small project, but people love the, the, the Pennsylvania. Such yeah. a fun project. Uh, no, that's, that's fun. Uh, another one I wanted to mention too. Um, and I've had a chance to smoke this a couple of times and it, yeah, I think it's kind of the one that gets forgotten about in the U.S., but it's it's been something you've released internationally. It's the Sorella. Yes, yes. Yeah. This 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 Sorella was is is one that I I'm still eyeing as to what do I do with this project with the U.S. because I feel like um, you know the, the U.S. will definitely be the market to launch a blend like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was because of the popularity that the Sorella had on a mild to medium blend. Um, but that's one of those projects that's still always in the back of my mind for uh, for launching the US. Yeah, it, that's what I was going to say. It was a mild to medium, a very nuanced blend. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, uh, yeah. I can see why it went to the European market for sure. Yeah. But uh, but a really nice, a really nice, like I said, uh it doesn't have you know it's in that mild to medium range is what i would put but just but just very nuanced for sure very nuanced very nuanced cigar yeah. um and it's one that i i box press as well to see like how different it could be and the flavors and whatnot and uh, don't get me wrong i always think that box pressing a cigar is just my god I, I'm, a, I'm a fanatic obviously i don't have to speak out anymore but uh i think like what it did with our lakeen for sure uh, but it is definitely a cigar that I'm eyeing, uh, Coop, as a potential uh, future release. That's good. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like Omar, I said, how I, many? How many? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Coop. Yo, go ahead, Bear. I'm good. No, I was gonna say, how many countries are you in now? We're in 18 countries right now. 18 mm-hmm. guys. We just landed. Um, the last few that just we're working with Qatar right now uh, on finalizing an order for Qatar. We got uh, Abu Dhabi. We have uh, um, Israel, which is not easy to get into. Uh, we got Spain. We got Belgium. We got uh, the Netherlands. We got uh, uh, we got Thailand. We're opening up. Uh, it's the international is on fire for Fratello because obviously there's such a big need for Cuban cigars, and everybody knows where all Cuban cigars are going. And I, I don't think I've ever seen uh, one of the biggest. Uh, call it Cavas, uh, but one of the biggest retailers in uh, Madrid, um, Cava Magallanes, so it's a shout out for those guys. Uh, I was there in January this year, and uh, we had a small event at uh, the biggest location in all of Spain, and um, this is a place that I've been probably three or four times. It was completely empty, empty, completely empty of Cuban cigars, and so people were coming out, they're enjoying other things, and so the market for uh, not just for Fratello, obviously for everybody else has been on fire for overseas. Uh, um, but it's because everybody's attention is in the U S guys. The amount of movement that's happening right now with premium cigars is just massive. So. Yep. You know, wow. another, another cigar that you kind of released internationally and then we sort of come over here last year, uh, the Fuoco series. Yeah, man. I'm such was, a fan of the Fuoco. Was that based off the Firecracker release you did? Yes. Yeah. So we built up the um, we built up the Fuoco line um, to kind of like 
you know, pay homage to that original, you know, uh, firecracker blend, which I personally, I loved so much. Um, the fact that, uh, that that's, a, that was a project that was, that was, you know, presented to us as a, as something to do with Garofalo. We produced very, 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 very small quantities at that time with, uh, with Dave. Um, and it was one that, uh, that I, I, I wanted more people to enjoy, you know what I mean? But I wanted it to be, um, something that we could also translate into the Oro and the Bianco line. So uh, we put it, we, you know, we capped it at the very end, three and a half uh, uh, by 50, and it's the exact same Fratello uh, uh, firecracker. We named it Oro, um, and then we launched it on the, uh, we, we named it uh, Fuoco because it means fire. We had to modify the original Fratello Classico to, uh, to connect with that Vitola. Uh, because we wanted to make it a little bit stronger. That was kind of like the flow behind it. And so we launched it in, uh, we launched it uh, last year, man. And the Fuoco line has been very successful. It's a funky Vitola. Um, we we had uh, the, the idea and the plan was always to kind of get people, because people just enjoy that blend so much and get people to try, you know, to try something a little bit different and try it in a little short Robusto action. And uh, it's been, it's been great, man. Yep. That's kind of an interesting project again because it was kind of a, a horizontal line across three blends. Yeah. So you're doing two of them out of Nicaragua, and then you're doing the third one at the Oro out of the Dominican Republic, which I thought that was kind of interesting. It's not something you see that common. Someone I've seen horizontal lines, but not certainly like that. It's a little different how, how that was released. Yeah. No, and 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 listen, there's a lot of these sizes. Um there was a, I think uh, Saka also came out with a cigar on a four by 50 or something like that. Um, um, Cause you, you know, it's about ours manufacturers kind of wanting to do something that uh, can be a little bit different. Uh, um, then I found out there was, um, I'm not sure if it was uh, uh, JC Newman that has another one that's like a three and a half by 50. There's quite a few out there, um, but it was, it was a fun project to kind of put out and get people to, you know, to try and enjoy some of our cigars and in a different Vitola with uh, with a close foot. Yeah, no, I think that was, I remember when you did the Firecracker, that was a pretty unique project you had just because you were a mm -hmm. smaller brand um, yeah. coming in and doing that Firecracker series is obviously really taken off and you were a part of that historically. So I think, yeah. you know, that's a nice thing to see. And it's nice to see kind of the homage. I know you changed the, the pigtail, but you changed the tail yeah. on that thing with the flow. Yeah. Put a little pigtail on the top. We didn't yep. do the whole thing like Dave Garofalo does. Yep. This was never something for us to like, you know, compete or anything like that because it's just an entirely. I mean, it's just entirely different branding and everything like that. And obviously, we put in two extra uh, lineups within the within the blend. But it was something for me to like pay, you know, homage to that original cigar, but also to show how our cigars, all of them, change with this. That's why we actually right. double toned color with them as well. It's not the exact same branding as the original classical line, we put like a two-tone color box so that people can see that this yep. is within the family, but it's like, a, it's like a close cousin, if you, for lack yep. of a better word. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like how it's a different, you know, kind of same thing what you did with the boxer, as far as the blends, a different expression. There's obviously things you've had to change with that to get it to adapt to the size, which I think is really cool on that. Yeah. So, yeah. Omar, another small, you really did. I mean, of course you did the DMV for, um, you know, the DC, Maryland, uh, Virginia area, but uh, you have a really great relationship with another retailer. You mentioned Drapers a minute ago, but 
with another one called uh, old uh, old Virginia. You know Gary Pesch's. Yeah, oh, yeah. I just the, I, are you, this one. Do you are you still doing the? Uh, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna misspeak, but it's a, it was a petite torpedo, right? Yeah, exclusivo the exclusivo line. Are you are you still so, manufacturing that for him? We are. So what we're doing now is uh, we do a we do a different launch. We did a launch of the Fratello Arlecchini on a perfecto uh, shape and oh, nice. um, for his 50th anniversary. And it was the exclusive for the Arlequine. Um, and that's a cigar that I'm definitely launching in the future. Uh, as part of like uh, something that we're looking to do with like, you know, perfecto shapes, which I love and adore uh, because of the, 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 the time that you have to spend with those perfecto shapes. So that's something that um, we have continued to do. We, uh, we have other lines and other projects in the pipeline obviously that uh, that we're always looking with uh, OBTC, but we're a very uh, customer-driven uh, business. Uh, one thing I've learned from, um, from you know, Warren Buffett's uh, teachings is that, you know, waking up every single day, figuring out a way to delight our customers is, you know, kind of like the way to go. That's why you see Fratello. Um, it's one of those brands that, you know, we've been around for nine years, guys, but in, in those nine years, our customer retention is massive. You may see Fratello one day and then they, they're featuring three or four cigars and then all of a sudden you see them, you know, uh, um, a year or two years later. I can guarantee you the likelihood that Fratello still has the presence there. They may be changing different blends and different Vitolos and different, and trying different things, but mm-hmm. our customer retention is incredibly high. So uh, so we, we, we don't see a massive drop off on our, on our blend because I wake up every day and what I'm looking to do is trying to figure out how we can continue to light our customers with our, with our service and our cigars. So um, look at what has happened with the last nine years and the exodus of brands and different Vitolas. We haven't eliminated any Vitola in Fratello's lineup. We haven't eliminated any, and obviously that's, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look at if you look at Fratello and the and, and the and the trajectory that we've had, it's uh we're never we've never been or ever have been a company that is like, oh my god, it's like trending and stuff like that. It's like for me, it's always been as long as I see the trajectory and the lineup progressing towards you know growth and not seeing this, I'm good. So as long as we can maintain that. Uh, this isn't uh, this is about a sprint. It's more about the long term. Um, I, I want to continue to be in that bandwagon. And you're right, Bear. In 2016, it was probably every single company and their mother that just dropped off their brands and uh, kept on going. And I doubled down. And this was, by the way, I, I, I you know, we also have to look into the years that we've had with with uh, with Fratello being on the market. You know, it's not the same when you have a full time job. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you're working like uh, like a maniac to keep this full time job, and then having this cigar experience on the side. So really, I've been I've been doing this for about five years full time. If you look mm-hmm. at it from that point of view, so um, I, I I think our trajectory has been incredible. Uh, we're, uh, we're we're six people strong in our team right now. We're hiring a new person out for Texas. We just posted that position back up again uh, um, uh, today because. We just couldn't find someone that could fit the profile at that time. We launched it about a few months back. Um, so shout out everybody who wants to apply for that position. Look it up on Indeed. And uh, so we can uh, get somebody talented in that territory to manage the sales. We don't do any more brokers at this point. We're doing mostly everything in-house. 
So it's uh it's it's been a it's been a learning experience, man. I mean, like I said, it's like every single time I fall down, I see what I did wrong, and then all of a sudden we fix it and we uh, and we fix it so that obviously the trajectory continues to rise. That's great. You know, uh, I just want to mention a couple of another project I just want to mention too, um, that I liked, and I know you were using this hashtag, uh, which I liked, bring back Churchill. And you did a few Churchill releases. You did the Aura one, um, I believe that was with Bleesburg. And then you did the uh, Nevada and Inverso Churchills for Tobaccology. Yeah, yeah. So this was Omar, you can make a really good Churchill is what I can just tell you. I've had all three of them. And, it, and it's a isn't really that, good expression, yeah. Isn't that a good, a good Bitola for those two cigars? And it yes, was it really was. It really was. Man, bread, I tell you right now, if anybody can get a chance to get a box of these, they're, they're, they're going to be blown away. Bread uh, and I sat down to do something. Again, kind of like he's a very uh, uh, creative mind. And uh, when we launched the uh, Bring Back Churchless, we wanted to pay more attention to these Churchill sizes and yeah. these expressions within yeah. the Vitolas. And that's why I'm so happy that you mentioned that so that people can see the the you know that experience and how much that experience actually yep. uh, 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 counteracts with everybody else and so yep. um, we did another one with him which is uh, just released last year which is the uh, the Fratello Oro but in the JTT so what we basically did is we obviously uh, uh, we did a sweet tip on the Fratello Oro that was something that he already does an enormous amount of volume with us you know let's put it into a twelve count box we put it out there we again change the branding behind it so. Tabacology has that lineup uh, uh, um, as well, and it's been it's been very very successful. Again, how do we do get a chance to work with our customers to like them and do something that fits them and fits our profile? That's great. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, like I said, it's a it's a nice. Uh, I I like a good Churchill. So, and those blends were very uh, were very uh, very well. Um, I got one last question. Um, and then Baron, I don't know if you have any, but so. I'm not going to ask you to kind of give specifics, but um, next year is a big year for you. Uh, it's the 10 year anniversary. So my question is, I'm not asking if you really, what you're, how do you plan? Are you going to keep it low key? Or is this something you're really going to celebrate is my question. Cause it is a big, big milestone yeah. next year for you. It is, it is a, it is a big milestone. Um, you know, t- again, being, being in an industry that has, you know, so much, so much fluctuation, man, um, and 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 so many challenges for for small brands um, and, and and companies that are looking to to continue rising, right? Because that's not the it's not just maintaining your cigars and having them in the market. It's like maintaining those relationships and growing them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm always so proud to continue to have partners like ABC with 125 stores in in uh, in, in the state of uh, in the state of Florida. Um, you know, not only working with us, but growing their businesses. Packs with over 90 some stores in Texas. They they just came in, they came at this trade show and they expanded my brand. We were already we were already working with them at 30 stores. Now we're going to be in 50 stores. Um, so the chain markets and, and and that kind of growth has been massive for 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 our company. And the reason they continue to work with us and they continue to support us is because of that relationship that we continue to foster and build. Um, but it is, it is definitely, um, uh, you know, something that we are going to mark with something unique, uh, that we've been working since the beginning of this year. Um, I can't go divulge too much details about what we're looking to do, but, uh, the, 
the the plan is to do something um, that has never been done before. So I'll leave it. Why at doesn't that, that surprise me? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I think what I'm happy about is you will be commemorating a big milestone. Uh, yeah. Ten years is a huge milestone. You know, businesses don't last a long time, and you know you you've been at this for a decade, so. Yeah, um it, it, that is great news to hear uh so i'm excited yeah. about that as well yeah no, it's gonna be a massive year for 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 Pertello. i mean we're again like i said we're 56 percent this year man um a lot has to do with my team the fact that they have done that they have helped me scale fratello to the point where we're at right now where in the last three years of this covid was covid was tough man i mean yeah. i lost 85 percent of my business overnight for a few months because I'm a very heavy brick and mortar brand. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of these brick and mortars were closed. A lot of them, they didn't want to order, but when the floodgates open to uh, get back in, it, it opened. So we had a great uh, end of 2020. Uh, we were still not up um, because obviously that gigantic impact, but at, at the point of 2021 came in, man, it was just, it was, it was, it was out of control. At that point it wasn't, we didn't have the rise that uh, a lot of the other companies did where they increased by 20, we doubled in size, doubled in business. And then this year uh, we've been able to, 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 you know, again, rights again through, through a lot of these relationships that we have. Um, and, uh, and, but it, it has everything to do with my team and with the fact that these guys are coming in and we're, we're building, we're building, we, we, we we're small, but we, operate at a very high level we got uh customer relationship management systems that are telling us every single thing we need to know about our about our retailers about our companies about you know uh, their reorder rate uh the cigars that they're moving the most and why not and you know being able to do a better job in in being better communicating communicating better with our retailers is the key for us i tell them up front I, right now we don't even uh, cut you know cut around the bushes so let's say you want to open up a, an account with Fratello this is great my biggest thing is can we get a hold of you and if the answer is yes then we're going to do great if the answer is like oh yeah you know like for sure and then we see them that they're not connecting with us and not we just close them out immediately we know and we wash our hands and the reason for that guys is because if we are able to communicate with our customers and with our um, and with our end customers as well because we have those strategies as well it goes well if it doesn't it was great meeting with the, some of those prospective retailers, but it's never going to work. That's good. You know, and, and Omar, I could tell you, I could talk, I know one other customer who's really used CRM. That's a smaller company and they've gotten a lot of benefits from, from doing what you're doing there. So that's, you're definitely on a good path with that is what I could tell you. Uh, and it, you know, I think that's important to, and that really helps you understand your customer base a lot better. So that's a good job there. Yeah. Okay, Barry, do you have anything else for Omar? Yeah, um, I'm just once again congratulations on the you know the eve of your 10th anniversary. Yep. You know, Omar, that's you know we're we're all we're all waiting on pins and needles for what you got planned. Especially if uh, you say it's unique. Well, coming from you, that's 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 going to be exciting. Yeah. So, uh, um, but um, just just curious. I mean, um, how's the how's the beer business going for you? So I uh, have to rechange my strategy. I have to change my strategy for the beer. I wanted to like uh, do ver something very similar as I was doing with the cigars, which was to kind of go into the different markets that we already had those relationships with and uh, and get the beer in, so in some of those places. And then I was like, I was thinking, it's like, why in the world am I going to Florida? Why in the world am I going to 
Texas, Mississippi, all of these different places that I know not only I can get my my beer in, but the challenges that that this poses logistically. Uh, oh, Texas is, is an, Texas is a nightmare. I don't blame you. Yeah, it's too massive and doable, one hundred percent. But it was taking an enormous amount of time to get it all in different places. So I'm just focusing on the distribution. Um, we're just coming out with our third iteration of our beers. Um, uh, where we're launching a Dominican Pilsner actually right now. Um, and it's all in within the local market. So we got in about 17 stores here in Total Wine. We do business with uh, about three or four spots um, that we're looking to expand in uh, uh, D.C. And Maryland has been massive. Like Maryland doesn't have the ABC control laws that uh, Virginia has. So it's much different. And it's so much easier to get the product in with some of these guys um, that uh, some of them even carry our cigars. So uh, the beer is and a monster um i can do the same amount of business probably with cigars easily just with the beer in the dmv that's how much beer is consumed the consumption of beer is done in this area is just nice. um so Did you say dominican pilsner dominican pilsner that's right wow okay i'm intrigued i'm in got to find the dmv really cool stuff coming out very soon on it it's gonna be it's gonna be great we actually uh, uh, changed our, our last iteration of the cans to now have our product that we actually did a blending, uh, a, a pairing with. And so now each can is going to have the cigar attached to it in the back so that people can see if you enjoy cigars, this is a hell of a pairing right here. This would be the iteration of which one within our lineup that can connect. Nice. Oh, very right. Cool. That's nice. We had the, I, the IPA, right, Bear? That was the one we had. The hazy, yeah, the, the hazy. hazy IP. That was good. That was very good. Yeah, wasn't that good? It really it's was. Good. It was very, very good. good. It had nothing to do with the fact that we were in Vegas and you could have you could have served us anything cold. And it would have been awesome, but no, it's very it's a very good beer. It's a very very good. No, beer. it was very good. Yes, I, I, I remember really we had that. It. We had that last year's booth. Yep. Oh, it was All perfect. Right. Awesome. awesome. Omar, want to thank you very much for uh, being a guest on the show tonight. Uh, we really appreciate. Uh, I want to thank you personally for the support and your team. By the way, they've been fantastic as well dealing with them. So I thank them as well. Um, but thank you so much. It's I, like I said, this this journey. I've, I've, I we followed you from the beginning, and I look forward to the next decade on this. So and and beyond. Thank you. And uh, thank you so much for the invite. Uh, uh, I hold you and Bear, obviously, very high regards. You guys are, uh, are, thank are you. amazing for our industry. Um, and uh, I uh, look forward to, uh, to the next invite and doing something again uh, strong and connecting more. And hopefully as our travels continue to, uh, to gear down, I hopefully get a chance to see you again. Uh, we don't have to wait a whole trade show uh, again to catch up. I, I hope I hope uh, I hope it's the same thing as well, and uh, hopefully things just continue to, to go the way they're going, and we can, Absolutely. or as good as they can go. So, uh, you take care, Omar, uh, and Thanks, Omar. stay stay safe, and we'll be talking to you down the road. Thank you, guys. Blessings, and have a good night. Take care, Thanks, Omar. All right, that is Omar DeFrias on the Primetime Special Edition show. Uh, it was good to catch up with Omar Bear. Um, yeah. It was a good idea to have him on a show. <laughs> yeah, yep, for sure. No, for sure. And uh, no, definitely a lot of fun, for sure. Uh, just kind of reminiscing on a lot of these old stories tonight were, were was a lot of fun as well. Yeah, I, I really like because I, I mean, he said it to us, I think, a couple of years back. I think it was that that faithful show that we talked about um, where, you know, in an industry that's what's new, what's new and everything. And when he 
would work events. He would talk to people. I'm like, oh, have you had the Classico? Um, no, I haven't had it in a while. Well, it's new to you. Yep. You know, it's new to you. So it's 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 a it's been a fun ten years. You know, with him and yeah. and made you know filled with great cigars, great stories. Um, you know, you know, we didn't even touch on it tonight. You know, but but his uh, his uh, uh, article in the Post. You know, the iconic article. You know, it was. You know, we talked about, you know, you know, Rocky um, being on television and everything. And that was another but, one. But like between I mean, other than because television is just bigger than than print. But what? other than that, I still say that that Washington Post article was probably the single best thing that happened. Secular coverage that ever happened in the industry. It was. It was. I mean, um, you know, for folks that are that's when he left his job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which that was a, a big uh, a big step. And. Shortly after he leaves his job, they go into a pandemic. And right. to hear him talk very honestly that he struggled, you know, I didn't even think about that piece because he's right. He is more, he is not an online brand. Yeah. Uh, this is not a catalog guy at all. Uh, he sells stuff online, but not, uh, you know, not to that same level. So to hear, hear that was, was very interesting. And I got to say, I'm a lot more intrigued about smoking the vice versa now, hearing oh, a lot of the, the, the pain he went through with this. Uh, this wasn't, you know, maybe it was a, we could say it was a gimmick idea to start. I think it's a fair argument, but I think the project certainly wasn't gimmicky how it was delivered. Um, and I hear him very honest about that saying, I, you know, this is not making me a lot of margin and, but got to give the guy credit on that. Yeah. He took a fun idea from Kevin Shahan and, and, um, like you said, it, it, you know, it could be construed as a gimmick, but you know, he wouldn't, he wasn't going to do a gimmick. You know, yep. and uh, you know he made it. He made it something really special that I'm really excited to smoke too. Smoke uh, twice. Yeah. Smoke twice. I, I mean, I I, I, I just said my wish is for Om- I really want to see Omar go into Broadleaf. I mean, that's where I'd kind of like to see him go next. Uh, you know, get really more into the Broadleaf blends. Uh, that's where I've kind of like to see uh, see that go. But I think you know, like I said, he he isn't like I said, he isn't afraid to kind of push the envelope and uh, um. You know, on, on, and I think that's a good thing. I think that's a really good thing um, to have with that. All right. Um, so let's get into great things that are happening here. I feel like we're getting to this early, which is good for a change. Yeah. All right. And I want to mention this is brought to you by Tabacalera USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Huida, H. Upman, and AG Room Cigars. Tobacco or USA, great things are happening here. All right. So this is where we pick a, a good news story or more. And uh, we, we talk about things good happening as opposed to, you know, all the bad things that we hear on the news. Kind sure. of mention some good things. Um, Bear, can I go first since you got two? I'm sure. Absolutely. All right. Okay. So my... Um, my pick is I did one a few weeks ago on cycling and I'm going back to professional cycling again this time. Um, and in particular, uh, I'm going to the tour de France, which, um, it's funny. It's one of my favorite sporting events to watch. Uh, even through some of the, unfortunately, some of the drug stuff did ruin it for a while for me, but in the last few years I've gotten back into it. But the problem is with the tour de France has been, the PCA trade show is smack in the middle of it every year. 
except for 2020, right? Um, so um, the there was a but you know cycling is kind of a you know cycle the Tour de France has certainly had its black stains over the years. Like I said, it, it, it's uh, you know I I'm a, I won't go into the whole Armstrong thing, but I think everyone knows. But it was more than that. The whole the psych the sport really needed to be completely cleaned up. Um, but there are things that happen in the Tour de France that I think are like bear you call the story behind the story. Sure. Um, and I want to set, uh, I want to kind of set the stage for something that happened this year between the top two cyclists in the tour. All right. So the tour was won by a guy by the name of, uh, Jonas Vindigod, uh, or Vindigo, I think actually is the way to pronounce it. Uh, he beat a guy by the name of Taji Pogacar. And I know I'm butchering these names, right? Uh, but we'll just say Jonas and Taji are two easier names to say, right? Um, Taji had actually won this tour two years in a row. Uh, and, he, and they're both pretty young guys. These guys are both uh, under the age of... Um, they're both under the age of... They're 25 and under, these guys. Yes, they're, young, they're under 25. They're yeah. young guys. Like uh, They're both... I, I, uh, Taji's actually only 23. All right. So he is, um, you know, he and he's like I said, he won the tour the last two years, but Jonas beat him this year. Uh, last year, Taji finished first and Jonas finished second. This year, they flipped. So um, Taji actually, uh, Jonas was actually kind of the, the, the strongest rider in the tour this year. He, he absolutely earned this tour. And um, Taji has, has really fought him down the stretch with this thing really just kind of was trying to get this. Um, there was a stage in the tour. It was stage 18. It took place in the Pyrenees. Okay. And now one thing about cycling, what I'll say is um, I think the part in cycling that is the part that no one pays attention to is descending. Okay. It's some of the most dangerous uh, cycling you're going to have uh, as a descender. Yeah, it's hard. Um, it's hard going up, but the, yeah, it's, it's hard down. going up. And, and there's a, and there's a skill involved with descending. Like there's a skill. If you're a really good descender, you could win a, a race like the Tour de France. If you're really good on the descent. So both Jonas and Taji were actually um, f- uh, in the Pyrenees and they were going down a very, very dangerous descent. Um, and it was interesting. Jonas almost lost control of the bike at one point. Uh, but they were kind of going, and, and, and at one point, Jonas kind of almost, like I said, he kind of gets control and he gets back on. Taji takes one of the turns very – he takes it too wide. Uh, he hits some gravel, and he falls. And like I said, this is, these are the two guys going for the – like Jonas is in the yellow jersey. Taji has every shot to win the yellow jersey. At this point, Jonas could have – there was nothing to stop him from just keep to keep going. Right. Um, he actually slowed down and waited for Taji to get back on the bike to continue the battle, which I thought was an incredible, and it's kind of an unwritten rule you, that it's something that you don't have to do it, but a lot of, you know, it's done from time to time. I don't say a lot of guys do it, but he did wait for him. And um, I thought it was one of the best acts of sportsmanship. So you let Taji get back there. What eventually happened was Taji did fall and, and eventually Jonas kind of beat him on the next climb and, and pulled away and, and basically 
Taji's tour was over as far as winning the yellow jersey. But I thought it was a great show of sportsmanship in this case. Like, you know, give the guy a shot to kind of come back in there and, and let's kind of go mano to mano again. Uh, you know, I'm not going to, you know. And sometimes you don't know why he, like sometimes, like I think why he did this too was obviously he didn't want to see the guy hurt. But I think sometimes if it was a mechanical problem, that's kind of like shitty to kind of, you know, yeah. you know, so I thought it was, a, I thought it was a great moment in the Tour de France this year uh, on what I, was, I thought was the best stage of the year as well. Um, you know, to see that happen, to see these two top guys go at it. And um, like I said, in the end, I think the, the fall hurt Taji and he, and he couldn't catch him, but it was a great moment uh, for what was a very good Tour de France this year. So that was my good, great things are happening here moment this year. Or this week, you know, I, I love I love hearing stories about sportsmanship and sports like that because, you, like you said, it doesn't it, it it happens often enough, but at the same time, you know, when you have a chance to win, right? I mean, I mean, like you said, it was Giannis is, you know, I mean, it was his, right? He could have just easily just yeah. kept going and and, but to even if it's like you said, like an unwritten rule, like the fact that you know he didn't have to do it right right and and i mean you know i would wager to say a majority of the world wouldn't have thought ill of him they would have just said oh you know they wouldn't have thought ill of him i don't want to say it's an unwritten rule but it has been done in the past not the first time this has happened in a a tour either yet but you know considering he finished second to taji you know two years prior and everything and like this was this was his year and you know he you know you know, he ended up winning it ultimately anyway. And I think, I think that that speaks volumes right there, but the, yeah, it's, it's great to see that in sports, man. Like you, you, you hear so much, we, we hear so much about the, like we said, this is what the segment's all about. We hear so much about the negative. We hear so much yeah. about the bad. And when you hear um, about great sportsmanship in sports like that, it's, it just, it makes you kind of fall like fall in love with the sport again. It, it did, and it kind of made me. Uh, like I said, it kind of got me uh, back into. Like I said, it took me. I was I was very discouraged with the tour ten years ago. I really was, um, because in my opinion, Lance Armstrong, who I think we all suspected was doing something wrong, he was still like I. I still think Lance was the greatest race tactician of all time, drugs or no mm-hmm. drugs, right? Um, and I think Lance kind of made his own bed and he paid the price for it, certainly. Yeah. Um, so it, uh, it was, um, <laughs> um, it was, I just saw one of your comments on Hardy. Um, yeah. So I think it was, um, it was, you know, it was a great moment. And, you know, like I said, it's, like every year I miss the tour because of PCA. And usually it's that, usually it's those, the, the second week is always the big week where the tour is decided pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of missed a lot of that this year with, with, with it. Um, I can't really, but actually I tried not to follow it in the news and I, I caught up with it getting home. So um, it's a little easier to ignore the, the sports pages because there's not a, when there's American in it, it's hard. When there's American in contention, it's hard to ignore it because it gets a lot of press here, but, but it was a little easier to do that this year. So yeah. Um, well, I'm glad I'm glad you're uh, regaining your affection for it. Yeah, you know, and the guy who finished third is Garen Thomas, who won it in 2018. And he's he's absolutely my favorite cyclist out there right now. And 
Uh, he's 36 years old, and for him to finish third to these two guys who are just the yeah. top of the game right now, he's he's another great he's another great ambassador for cycling. That uh, Darren Thomas from Wales. So, so, yeah, uh, um, and and I'll say the last thing about Jonas. Um, you know, he's from Denmark. There's been one other Danish winner of the Tour, Bjarni Ries, uh, who admitted he cheated the year he won, <laughs> and they didn't strip him of his title, by the way, which is kind of interesting, right? Uh, so you know, Denmark has, has been a you know. For a long time, Denmark was sour on on having a uh, a cycling hero, but it was good to see a new generation of that happen uh, in Denmark. And the other irony, I'll just close this out: is the tour actually started in Denmark this year, which was kind of uh, very unusual for that to happen. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They they started they they actually started um, every other year. They'll start it external. So there were like three stages this year in Denmark um, that happened. Very cool. Uh, yeah. No idea. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. I think it's the first time it started in, in Copenhagen. So, yeah. Uh, so it'll be good to see. And like I said, I think we'll see these, these two guys for years to come. Um, and, uh, you know, there's another guy by Walt Van Art from Belgium. I think he's going to be the next big star as well. He had a great tour as well. So, um, yep. Good job. That was my feel good. It was good to say something good about the tour this year. So I, I wanted go. to mention that. Yep. Yeah, it's it. Like I said, I love I love obscure sports too, and yeah. you know, like you know, we we talk about baseball all the time and yeah. football, of course, and you know your favorite golf. But um, but um, it's it's I love I love following like obscure sports. I love yeah. I love horse racing. Yeah. I love curling. There's just a lot of there's a lot of great games out there yeah. and a lot of great sports and yeah. a lot of yeah. interesting athletes and great stories like this one that kind of get lost in the minutia yeah. for sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and golf's going through its issues right now, but that's not for the great news. That's nope. not for the great things that happen here. No, <laughs> not for the great things that are happening no, here. No, exactly. All right, so, so Barry, you got two stories. Yeah. Um. So I mean, they both they both involve uh, I would say two heroes, right? And you know, you know, heroism can look a lot of different ways, right? You know, there's 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 sensational acts of heroism, which you know is one of my stories tonight. And then there's there's subtle and acts of heroism, right? And um, you know, and there's something to say. There's something to be said about preserving one's dignity, right? You know, dignity is is kind of one of these words that kind of gets thrown around a lot. You know, it's like honor. You know, a lot of people use dignity as like a punchline. You know, in certain things like oh, you know, we you know we wanted to preserve someone's dignity. You know, when they get let go from a job, for instance, and stuff like that. But you know, a personal dignity is is something that I think, especially today in today's day and age, you know, a lot of you know we talk about the positivity, right? This is the this is the great things are happening here segment. But you know, in in a lot of ways, Coop, you know, you know, people get torn down, you know, where, yeah. you know, and you know, and and this and and we we consume it as a as a society, we consume the teardown like like crack and it's just and that's what's really great about this you know this segment is because we get to highlight stuff about this and so the the, the story about dignity is is um you know uh a woman named Melly, uh, melanie uh sheha in from arizona and uh she's currently battling um cancer for the third time brain cancer and um this is her third this is like i said this is her third battle with it and her son matt um 
was not going to let her endure this alone. So what he did was he, he grew out his hair so that when his mother started losing it, uh, he could, he could chop it off and then she could have hair again. And, um, it, you know, it's, you know, like, oh, like, oh, that's really great. Like it's, you know, it's her, it's, it's his mother and everything, but, um, you know, I mean, for the last two plus decades, this woman has battled cancer several times, you know, she had two successful surgeries in the early 2000s and uh, where they couldn't get rid of this tumor permanently. And so in 2017, she was prescribed again with radiation therapy. And so three months after starting the treatment, she began to lose her hair, obviously. So, um, and Matt, her son, um, you know, it kind of, it almost kind of started as a joke that uh, around their their i guess their dinner table or whatever and so he had originally graduated from college and um and uh where the college he attended actually had a dress code that limited the length of his hair and so upon graduation it was like oh yeah i'm gonna grow out my hair blah 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 and so it just became this kind of this running joke and everything and like there's a really great story the link that you'll have in the show notes and stuff there's the first picture of you know matt with his long hair and his mother without hair and in the second photo uh his hair is actually on his mother and it's it's beautiful it's a beautiful photo and uh and it's 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 great um it's a great story man it's just awesome and preserving one's dignity is is important and uh you know you know it's it's you know people might think oh it's a small thing it's understandable you know like hey you're going through cancer you know it's one of those things you're gonna lose your hair et cetera, et cetera. You know, it, okay. Well, it, 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 it's one thing to say it. It's one thing to understand it. It's an entirely different to, to go through it. Right. And I've never, so, I mean, for the record, obviously I've never, I've never battled cancer and, and, and thankfully, you know, knock on wood so far, no one in my immediate family has. So I, I don't know what that pain's like. Um, but I do know the love of a son to a mother. And I do know that um what matt did was very very selfless and uh and and you know what it, it was a very small act but it was something that was really cool so that, that was that was my first story the second one we talked about sensational acts of heroism right yep and it's it's really funny uh you know we talk about we talked about with omar right about these little things in life that kind of start you on these unusual paths right you know so kevin shahan comes up with this crazy idea Omar runs with it, right? Right. That's that's one aspect. Right. You know, um, Omar likes cigars. He he starts he starts his company. Still working for NASA. Then he gets even crazier. He he leaves. He talked about the story of 2013, right? The government shutdown. Well, everyone else in government is pissed, right? They're not getting paychecks. They're not going to work. It's this great opportunity for him to to, to go to to go to work, right? And right. and promote his brand, right? So it's it's these funny little things. So like, so this was, so Nick, Nicholas Bostick, he's a 25 year old, uh, young man. And, um, one evening he has a fight with his girlfriend. He has a fight with his girlfriend and, and, um, you know, people deal with fights in different ways and, and, and Nicholas's, you know, way of dealing with the, the drama, of, of a fight with his girlfriend was he wanted to blow off some steam. So he 
he went for a drive. And as he drove, he saw a building engulfed in flames. It was a home. So he stops, he runs inside and, you know, start shouting out if anyone was in the building. And there was. And it was people that weren't even, a, even aware of the fire. He woke four children and a family friend from their sleep. And the oldest of, the oldest of five uh, was 18-year-old uh, Sayona Barrett. Uh, gathered up her siblings, went downstairs and met and encountered Nick, who got them out of the fire. Once they were outside, Sayona tells Bostic that her six-year-old sister wasn't with them. So without any concern about his personal safety, he runs back into the building and saves this little girl. So it's important to note that uh, Bostic is not a fireman. No. Has no first aid training. Having a shitty night <laughs> with his girlfriend. Right, right. Driving around, sees this house engulfed in flames and ends up saving this little girl's life. And um, there's no doubt that he saved her life because he, he wraps her in a T-shirt uh, around her mouth, uh, crawled through crawled through the darkness and then fall and uh, found her and then got them out. And he, of course, suffered first first degree burns, a pretty serious cut on his arms and pretty serious smoke inhalation. He actually had to be airlifted to a hospital. Um, this is the miraculous part, too. The six-year-old was fine. Wow. But Completely unharmed. Completely unharmed. And um, I told you, uh, you know, I told you he's not a first aid, you know, he's not a first responder. Right. You know what his vocation is? He's a pizza delivery man. Wow. Wow. And uh, it's really cool. There's a really cool video uh, in the article. And it, um, I always, when I hear stories about this or I read stories like this, Coop, it always takes me back to, um, you know, something else that happened uh, 2012, 2013, the Boston Marathon bombing. Right. And what we what we said during that time, and I remember hearing this a lot, and I, it was the first time hearing people might have talked about it during 9-11 and other stuff like that. But the, the heroism of people like first our first responders, which, you know, I know you and I both have great respect for and everything. Yep. They're, they're the people that run the wrong way. Because most people, normal people, I don't want to speak for you, Coop, but <laughs> a normal person like myself, when you see danger. I don't know what I would do. I've never been encountered with that situation. Right. But I mean, like my normal inclination is to run away from danger. That is a normal human reaction. And there are certain people, men, women, it doesn't matter. There are certain people that have this switch in them. That says, no, I'm going to run the wrong direction. Yeah. There's people that need my help. And first responders are certainly trained for that, but you know, and but still, there's there's still the ones that do it. And Bostic is 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 one of those people that had no formal no formal training, nothing, and ran the wrong way. 
not once, but twice. Yep. And, and by the way, you know, suffered injuries through this thing too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, could have died. Could have died. Yeah. And no doubt what he did saved the lives of an entire family. They were asleep. Yeah. They would have died. Carbon monoxide. Yep. Done. And that little girl, if he hadn't gone back in, certainly would have died. Absolutely. So, um, you know, Matt's sacrifice may certainly seem smaller for his mother, but these were two heroes that I thought painted the spectrum of heroism to absolutely into really into real, very, really, really tangible ways. Yep. And um, they just they were both yep. moving to me. So I thought I'd share yep. them tonight. No, thanks, Bear. Thanks, Bear. No, that was good. Um, uh, yeah, that's, you know, uh, so we, we put the links for these things in the show notes. Okay. Um, however, you won't be seeing links on YouTube anymore, unfortunately. And I have to mention this. Okay. Mm. Um, not to kind of downer, but, um, you will see it on, the coop page Podbean. We're, we're putting them on odyssey and rumble now but i can't put these on youtube anymore because i actually got a youtube violation for one of these links uh about a week the ago. good news network the good news net yes that was the link that was one of the links for one of the stories was the was the i guess the one in the house being rebuilt in minnesota got got and it gave me a youtube warning oh. It was that wow. was the one, and I appealed it and won. But, Thank God. But you don't understand, it, because this YouTube <laughs> appeal process is so bad, right? It's that you know I'm not going to put these on. Unfortunately, I'm not going to put these on YouTube. We're on a lot of other platforms, uh, so I apologize if this link won't be on YouTube anymore. But I'm really, I'm not putting links in YouTube anymore just because of this, and that's what they're going after. And this, you know, and this is just some of the. At least they did quickly remove the appeal they didn't give me a strike but i could have got a strike if, if something else if they found something else that day so right. yeah shame on youtube with that um, i, po- I posted them in the chat too so for people can check them out yeah but, yeah good gosh. job bear. very good job bear putting that in the chat yeah so uh wow that was it. dude that was the story that had me in tears man the one about the house being red yeah yeah it was unbelievable those guys i, I uh jesus you know yeah i, I don't get it I don't get that one at all. I was shocked. I figured, all right, it was something with cigars. It wasn't. It was that. Imagine the amount of F-bombs that I drop on this show, right? And a freaking community comes together and rebuilds a home yeah. for a neighbor. For a neighbor. Yeah. 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 What were we thinking, Coop? We're real pieces of shit. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, so, but, but, but we will still talk good news stories. So, absolutely, man. Yeah. Great things are happening here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I'm going to mention another good thing Michael's Tobacco. Uh, with over just over a decade of ownership, Michael's Tobacco has become the premier tobacconist for the Dallas Fort Worth metro area and cigar patrons the world over. With two convenient locations in Euless, Texas, just a quick jump for the DFW airport, and Keller, Texas. 
Michael's Tobacco stands as a beacon for the Texas cigar retailers. Michael's was the very first cigar lounge in the state of Texas to add a full bar to its list of ever-growing accommodations. Proprietor Mike Peacock is a former IPCR board member and now has made Michael's a family affair by having his son Bob join the ownership force. Together, they have brought a true and blessed namesake for their respective communities. Whether you're celebrating an anniversary, birthday, hole-in-one, or just a desire to relax, Michael's Tobacco will have the perfect cigar waiting with an exquisite beverage pairing and lively conversation. Visit michaelstobacco.com for more details and a calendar of upcoming events. Michael's Tobacco, not just a cigar shop, but the perfect blend of Texas hospitality and the days of yore. So it's good to see Michael's. I see the event calendars going good again for them, and that's great to hear, see that as well. And I lost Bear. Bear conveniently uh, disappeared. So as long as Bear, Bear did his quick break, um, I'll mention uh, upcoming shows. Um, we have primetime episode 236 coming up on Thursday. Uh, and we are going to have Jared McKelly of um, Favilli Cigars as uh, our special guest. And, and you know, Favilli is a company that's kind of they've overhauled this company from top to bottom, uh, previously known as Mombacho Cigars. Uh, Jared's been instrumental with the transformation of this company. He's a guest I really wanted to get on for a while, and I was happy we were able to get him on on um, this show. So um, he will be on Thursday. Um, and looking ahead another week, uh, primetime episode 237, uh, which will be uh, August 4th. We will have Claudio Sroy, who is the uh, cigar consultant. Uh, kind of a very unique role he's moved into. He's a kind of formerly Mabacho. Uh, Jared kind of took over his role as president. We'll, we'll kind of talk about what Claudio has been up to. So uh, a couple of really interesting uh, guests we're going to have on. I'm very excited about both of those shows as well. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. Um, in the meantime, uh, we are unveil we are rolling out or continuing to roll out our PCA trade show coverage. Um, and here's how you can find every day at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we will be rolling out a interview from the trade show um, along with an article uh, around the interview. So uh, and then some days we're doing two. So you'll see another one come at 6 p.m. We didn't do two today because I had to prep for the show. But, you know, some days there'll be two of these uh, reports coming out. Uh, so you'll want to tune into those. Uh, Bear is not here, so I'm going to say bad things about him. No, I'm actually going to say good things about him. Um, Bear actually was the guy who did all of our interviews this year. Um, and I think he did a fantastic job. Uh, and, you know, our whole team did. Uh, ben, behind the camera. Uh, Aaron Nielsen, who did the photography, uh, who had some challenges this year at the trade show and still came through like a pro. Uh, if anyone was the weak link, it was me. I was the note taker. <laughs> um, so that, uh, but we are rolling those out every day. Um, we're doing some things a little differently with the PCA trade show coverage. Uh, one thing we tried to do and, and this year, and I think we did a very good job with it, is we tried to come up with a theme for every one of our, um, our booths that we covered. So it wasn't just, uh, yeah, we, we talk about product and wrapper binder fills to some extent, but I think the theme idea is something we introduced last year 
Um, this year, I mean, I think we just went to the next level with that. I'm very proud of the, the work we did with that. And I think you'll see it reflected in the interviews that Bear did. So um, like today, we unrolled uh, the McAuliffe Cigars uh, video and story. And, you know, the story of that booth wasn't so much the new products. It was, hey, this is a company, it's another company, it's transformed the way they're doing business. And uh, that interview really talks a lot about it, as well as the article. So our PCA coverage is a combination of words, video, uh, audio, because all of our stuff's available on audio download on, on your favorite podcast catcher and pictures. So we bring all that together. And Bear, I'm just complimenting you on, on the great job you did with the interviews this year. Oh, thank so. you, Coop. It was, it was a lot of fun this year. Uh, second year doing this, uh, this model. And, and uh, yeah, I think we... Yeah, we, we, we really, I think there were areas we improved on. Uh, our audio, I think, was the big area. Uh, a lot goes to Ben, who really has been working. We had one audio go bad. Uh, we're not sure what happened with that one, but it wasn't. Oh, no. But it wasn't. We had some really, really bad audio last year. Um, so yeah. I think we really were. I, mean, I was saying Aaron had a lot of challenges this year. He was dealing with uh, outside the trade show. So and he came through like a pro as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so the whole team, I think, really came together very well and uh, did a, a great job. I'm really proud. Um, we always could do things better, and I think we'll certainly look at what we can improve on even more. But uh, I was, like, Bear, I just was amazed at what we got. And, you know, last year, Bear, I got to say, we did this on a shotgun last year, right? Because we only decided that we were going to do some video, me and you. But when Ben came on, we decided to go much wider with the video. And we only had, like, three weeks to prepare. And this year we had a lot more time to prepare. I mean, everyone was better prepared overall this year, um, including myself. So I think it, it worked out well. I was happy with, with the product we're producing. It's, I called it there. It's the trade show coverage that I'd want to read. I don't know if that's true for everybody, but that's at least um, that was for us. I thought we, uh, it was, this is what I was hoping to, you know, this is what I was hoping to get. This is the kind of trade show coverage I wanted this year. So. Uh, hopefully people will agree and if not uh they can tell us what we can do better yeah yeah no absolutely we're always open to suggestion everything yeah. it's, it's it's i i enjoy it just because you know again it gives everybody uh a little taste of variety too you know you 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 know you you know we didn't get to everybody for an interview for example but you know the ones we did you can enjoy watching the interview and seeing you know hearing someone's personal take and then you have the ability to also read about it through you know the the traditional great coverage that you've always provided year over year. So, uh, and then the pictures, I think have really improved as well too. Yeah. The so. pictures improved as well. Um, we, uh, the lighting is so challenging at this trade show. Uh, but Aaron was like, uh, I mean, everything I asked him to do, he just did it, never complained. Um, and, uh, I think I was only missing like three pictures this year. And honestly, the, the, uh, one was just missed. And the other two were just, they weren't, they just weren't good lighting. So uh, I went to the cigar surgeon who gave me a couple of pictures as well from him on that, but everything else was, was very good. So except for the day I did the pictures, that was, that was not a good day, but. Uh, we just need to get you a better camera. Coop. That's all. Well, yeah, we have a better camera. We just got to learn how to use it. I think. So that's something that's going to be one of our areas, but, but I think we, we improved on a lot of that this year, which was, and, uh, like we we shot half a terabyte of data, guys, from this trade show. Um, 
to give you an idea, my cloud account only had 200 gig, right? I had to upgrade the cloud account at the trade show the, the, to, I actually upgraded it to two terabytes from 200 gig because we had half a, half a terabyte, which is 500 gig. That's how much video we shot. Uh, and backups, when we had backups this year, although we learned some lessons with backups too. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I think it was overall, I was really happy. And the last thing I'll just mention before we get to our, our last topic is, you know, I think the, the video I wanted to put out first was actually the last video we shot, which was the one with Luciano at the media compound. And it got yeah. a lot of great feedback, that video. That was a lot of fun that night. A lot of it, fun. When the camera overheated, by the way. It's yes. funny. Someone put a comment in. Well, what, what happened? I said the camera overheated. It was like we had to go actually put the camera in the refrigerator. We literally put it in the refrigerator. The cool that thing because it was a hundred. It was it was the hottest night was that night when, when they were over. Yeah. Um, so and uh, so uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I appreciate you guys. Um, and I can't wait to do the next trade show next year. I'm stoked. I'm stoked yeah. for it. Yep. I, uh, I, I, I really think we can do it better. We, we always really can do, do better. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, but I think, I mean, you had more time to prepare this year too. Cause originally, like I said, we were going to do like, you and I were going to do like 20 interviews. I think we said, like, we just knew we were going to be limited. Then once Ben comes in, who's got a lot of expertise, um, you know, we were able, I think we shot about 60 something videos this year. Yeah. I think we shot yes. about which, which, we made the call to not like, I know half of it at 145. We made the call not to do that. Um, just because of the way our team and we do the coverage a little differently. Um, in that there's video pictures, words, you know, so it, it's not possible to, it, it doesn't work for us to split the group up going from booths to booths is what we found. We each have a role there. So, um, you know, that so but we went to, I think, the 60 companies that were key companies, the ones that were engaging us. We really didn't miss as many as last year. You I mean, because there were some booths we went to that we didn't shoot video, but we still were able to cover the booths. Yeah. So, yeah, there, I don't those think those were when yeah. people were busy. Like yeah. Omar's, for example. Um, so we're or we just we just we just but, but, but I got the article out on that. Uh, same with mm -hmm. like there was a couple of other EP Carrillo's in the same boat. E HVC, um, um, HVC, but yeah, I got those articles. Out. Uh, EP's coming out, but uh, HVC, uh, and actually, it's interesting because I actually kind of talked with uh, Rainier the night before the trade show. I was with him, uh, the one night I went to Bar Luca, and, and how I didn't get COVID is still a miracle, yeah. The night, and then and the night you hung with Rocky, you know, you made sure that he got the love, so like. But, but, you know, to kind of, you know, not to kind of, uh, we were talking, I'm telling you the amount of people that had COVID, right, that I was arm's distance away from is unbelievable. And how I didn't get, how none of us got it in the house is a miracle. Yeah. Uh, uh, it truly was. Um, yeah. It seems like everyone is healing up, though, which is a good thing. Everyone's healing up. Everyone's okay. Uh, a couple of people had it harder than others. So, uh, but no, I'm glad everyone's healing up and everyone's safe. So, um, that's that, you know, it's not a cold guys. It's not a cold, despite what you may hear from others. It's not a cold. So, uh, that's that. So let's get into our, our, our couple of, I have a, uh, one topic and then I have a slight audible at the end. 
Um, okay. We really, you know, we didn't talk about this, um, but I think you and I could talk about it um, because we haven't done a show since this happened. But the FDA decision that came down. Yeah. Yeah. No, we haven't had a chance to talk about this. Um, I'm. But, yeah, I'm. I'm sad that you know this is the first time we're talking about it on the show but yeah uh, you know uh it just kind of worked out that way but yeah i thought they were going into court today to um but i think someone told me it was delayed and jay may jay davis probably knows the answer to that mm-hmm. um if it was delayed but i think they delayed like because there's supposed to be briefings filed um but we'll kind of get to that in, in in a second so um i think everyone knows that um the ruling from the court was um, that the deeming rule, which didn't exempt premium cigars, uh, well, the deeming rule was ruled arbitrary and capricious, right? Um, and we don't know exactly what that's going to mean in terms of going forward. Uh, but nonetheless, it was a huge win for um, the cigar industry. Yes. For sure. Um I'm, I guess I always take the cautiously optimistic route with this because we don't know what this is going to mean. Do they throw out the deeming rule? Do they push for option two? Uh, does the FDA appeal this, right? Um, I mean, a lot of the indications are they have bigger fish to fry and, and premium cigars are lower priority. Uh, but the judge pretty much, you know, he, he pretty much... Um, scolded them. Scolded them, yep. And he had scolded him. Um, and, you know, um, you know, he's going to decide some sort of a remedy, whatever that means. And that, that's what we don't know yet. But, um, you know, it, it uh, you know, I think, you know, like I said, a, a lot of stuff, they just they they tried to go in there and they put, you know, and they didn't have their shit together. Is I think pretty much what and the judge called them out on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um they, I mean, they, I don't know, you know, if, if it's because their resources are, are dedicated to other areas, like they've said publicly, you know, they've said that the premium cigar industry is low priority for them, you know, um, or if they just, they really don't, I mean, I mean, Coop, we've been shouting about this for years now. Um, I, I think it's not only their lack of unpreparedness. I don't think it was also their, their, their lack of dedication to, uh, taking on the premium cigar industry. I think the biggest thing here that we can also take from this is the, it, the, the real, the victory behind the victory coup isn't judge made his decision, but it's the recognition of the federal court of any court recognizing what we've been saying from the very beginning. And it can be summed up in this very simple sentence is a entity cannot regulate something they don't understand and and they tried to do it and they got called out on it and they got called out you know for not looking at the data you know the exaggerating parts of the data you know the whole thing about kids smoking they got called out on that they literally got called out on that Mm -hmm. and i mean what that i i have i i said this to dr caffey who I met up with at the trade show this year. And we were both just, you know, thrilled about this decision and what a positive it was for the industry. And I, I said, you know, he, you know, he asked me what my, my takeaway was. And I said, you know, 
Dr. Caffey, the one thing that I might take away from this is all I wanted, my, my, my most humble request out of this. I mean, of course, my, my sincerest hope, right? My, 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 my dream was that, you know, this or some, you know, like we could go back to, to pre 2000, you know, pre 2015. Uh, and those are, those are long shot goals, but, but all I really wanted was fair, something fair. I wanted a fairness. I wanted, I wanted some, I wanted a, a person to sit on the bench and hear both sides of the argument and hear how ludicrous it was for someone to say, Hey, we're going to tell you how to run your industry without any knowledge of it. Furthermore, we're going to base this on information that's inaccurate. Furthermore, we're going to misinterpret that inaccurate data to make it even more inaccurate. And that's what we're basing our regulation on. Yep. Oh, and one other thing, Coop. We're gonna not. We're gonna tell you this is how it's gonna be done, but we're still not gonna tell you how to right. do it. Yeah. I just talked in generalities about the specifics that we that the industry has been fighting for the last five plus years. Yep. Over a half a decade of work, millions of dollars, hours of dedication by people in our industry to refute those very simple and ludicrous sentences that I just strung together on the fly. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. So I got a question for you. Hit me. Okay. We talked a lot about when we were starting this show the first year, you know, we talked a lot about uh, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, right? Yeah. And I think we always felt he Gottlieb was doctor a, and it was a good show. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. And we, I think we always talked about, well, he may not be necessarily the guy who's going to save the cigar industry. We always thought he was a fair guy, I think we felt. Yes. And by the way, if you've seen the work he's done with COVID, he's probably been very influential in a lot of things around that, you know, even though he's not in the FDA. My question is, what did it come to this point if Gottlieb was still running the organization? Like, would it would it would they have actually it actually come this far and the FDA actually try to pursue this road with like not because he Gottlieb was always about the science behind this stuff. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. Like, I really don't. But I I actually think it's a fair question. I I think he would have saw it through to this point. Um, So you think it would have? Yeah. I mean, part of me, like, like maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's a a good. The the thing about Dr. Gottlieb that I found interesting was that, you know, and, and he's and I have no idea whether Judge Maida has ever seen a cigar shop let alone smoked a cigar even seen what a cigar is other than probably reading about it for years on end in these that's cases a question but, too that's another good question if you actually is but, ever... but uh, god leaving made us strike me as is uh you know cut from the same cloth right so to speak like okay like i yes we have our personal agenda and we have our personal biases and right and everything but i I, I want to. I still want to see it. I want to hear it. I right. want to understand it. And I, so, to that point, I think maybe there. I mean, there's again, there's no way to say this for sure, but right. maybe Gottlieb would have been like, okay, all right, I've seen enough to understand that this is this is not like one thing isn't like the other, and yeah, maybe we need to look at this differently, and maybe we shouldn't dedicate the money and the main power 
to fighting something that really isn't a problem. Yeah. You know? Um, so it's an interesting question. Um, here's my question for you, Coop. Yeah. Um, does the premium cigar industry have a have a like a is the larger part of the battle behind them or is the larger paddle in front of them good question you know jay davis put a comment out there about the epa decision which is very important uh which suggests the fda can't regular uh regulate premium cigars without direct authorization from congress which is going to be interesting that's an interesting point um I still think they got a, a large road ahead of them because I think they're going to try to tackle other areas that could be a problem. I think they're going to go after hard after marketing next. And I'm very worried about that. Uh, what that can mean for what we do, you know, maybe they'll, I think, they'll try, they'll I think that's to, easily correctable though. I, I hope so. And I think that's why you're seeing such a concern from the PCA on marketing as well. Um, because, yeah, I think that that's something I hope it's something that's correctable, but it's something that worries me. Like if we can't have ads up anymore. I mean, they may try to go with some, you know, that was the part of the NASA report that was dangerous in my book. And maybe they try to tackle lower hanging fruit that way. Uh, and then, you know, what? but even that's correctable, too, because what does every what does every cigar website have on it when you click on it? Are you 21 or older? Yeah, it's not, but it's not a, yeah, but, you, but anyway, that's a bullshit thing we know too, right? Because understandable. Yeah. But yeah. It's what they were, that's what's, re- yeah. Well, no, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Them, but. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's, I, I still think they got a, a road ahead of them. I do. Uh, I don't think there's going to be an abandoning of all this, but I think maybe as far as substantial equivalence goes, uh, you know, and this whole thing about, the 2018 date, you know, I think those things may change. Mm-hmm. I mean, so they carve, I don't know if they'll carve out the exemption or not. I mean, it seems like the easiest solution. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the 2000, the 2007 date was just uh, for me was one of the most, the, the biggest points of anger for me. Yeah. Because how do you erase how do you erase almost a decade's worth of uh, of work yeah. Yeah, or call, call it what it is progress how do you how do you are how do you delete seven years of progress in something that's you know? the one part Meher Meher doesn't hasn't really supported us on though. he hasn't given us a lot of help with that one yeah but it, it's still the part that yeah but I'm just making my point is that yeah it's, yeah it's probably the pr- part that you're you know, angers me the most. Like, I mean, let's take a look at technology, right? Technology is, is, is rapidly, you know, you know, rapidly improving, progressing at lightning pace. Right. Mm -hmm. What if we said, we suddenly said, we're going to go back to seven years ago with technology. Can you imagine that? Do you know how much like, we're like, oh, it's not that bad. Because if you watch like movies and film from like seven years ago, like, oh, they had iPhones and things like that. But, you know, yes, they had FaceTime, but the technology wasn't as good. You know, the, you know, Zoom wasn't a thing really, you know, uh, these, these optimal, you know, video conferencing and stuff like that. It was, 
uh, you know, it ate up a large amount, a much larger amount of bandwidth. Wi-Fi technology wasn't as prominent. Uh, you know, uh, Bluetooth existed, but not in as many devi- uh, devices, yeah. and its capability wasn't as large. Like, I mean, that could go on and on and on. USB C. USB C is a great example. Like, I'm not a technical guy, but you know, everyone's the device that move into this USB C model. You know, and, and all this investment, and you know, now you got to go back. Right. You know? Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, it's it, how do you how do you walk back? How do you walk, back, you walk a, you know, back that stuff? 15 like, years. Yeah. I mean, let's put it like this. I think the industry can, you know, they found every loophole around, you know, to comply. It, it, I think they're prepared for a worst case scenario, but uh, it, it's ridiculous that you didn't have to do that. I mean, we were just talking to Omar about 2016. Remember, that was nuts in 2016. Yeah. Well, this is before even we had this show. But, I mean, you remember 2016 as well. as they, yeah. There were cigars being – I mean, the stealth cigars were just like – these things were being dumped on it, dumped out at the trade show like you wouldn't believe. And that was the thing. That oh, was that 2016? Uh, yeah, 2016, yeah. That's what I've always given Omar credit for. You know, he – you know, we've even asked him about this several times and stuff. He, he really just stood the course. Yep. Yeah. And and it was his understanding of how the government worked. Right. But, you know, I, I I I mean, one might say that that's foolish. I could say that. But he's laughing at them now <laughs> for anyone who might have called them a fool laughing at them now. Same thing yeah. with the warning labels, you know, like that when he created when he went to the new boxes. Yeah. They're like, oh, you need to have space for the warning labels. It's like ah, the warning labels aren't coming. No, I agree. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> that's some incredible faith. That was very, I remember, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's insane. Just yep. insane. Um, yep. But nonetheless, uh, I mean, back to the, the, the point of discussion, Coop, I think, I mean, this is a this is a huge win for the industry. Um, you know, it was what we wanted all along, which was just a fair shot of understanding someone to hear our argument out. We and we got it. Um, yep. Cost the industry millions of dollars, hours and hours of time. Um us spending hours and hours time railing on it, preaching on it, getting on our soapboxes. Um, and, you know, it was all worth it. Yeah. It's all worth it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm incredibly proud of this industry. Um, the last few weeks have been, have been so beautiful, you know, uh, to see you know, where we were a year ago, where we were three years ago, there's still some, there's still some fracturing in this industry. Yep. There's still some things to be done. There's work to be done within the industry and outside of it. Yep. But I'm incredibly proud of, of this industry yep. for the last few weeks that starting with that decision, I thought the PCA trade show was a huge success and they're like, bear a huge success. Yeah. A huge success. Um, and I think it was, I think it was, a, I think it was a very good trade show. Um, you know, I, um, I want to talk about the trade show in relation to this. So I was, um, I got out to Vegas on the sixth. So I was out there, um, several days earlier before you guys were, um, my original plan was to hide in the mountains. Like I always do. 
Um, but I got sucked into some things in Vegas. I don't know if I'm going to be doing a mountain retreat anymore. It's just, I think it's getting too difficult. Um, so I didn't have the time in the mountains I wanted, but part of it was I wanted to go to uh, Matt and Nicole's wedding. Right. Um, so I went back to Vegas beautiful, for that. Beautiful, beautiful ceremony. Beautiful ceremony. Yep. Uh, and then, um, they asked me to go over to bar Luca for a while. I didn't think it was gonna be that crowded and it was very crowded. <laughs> um, and, uh, I run into both Rocky Patel. Uh, this is before he kissed me. Twice. That happened at the show and Carlito Fuente. He kissed you twice. Just, that's just... He kissed me twice. Kissed me twice. Yes. Um, and I heard, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't get COVID. One was so damn near I, on the lips. I just I want don't, to point that out. Yeah, but I don't think he had COVID either. So, like, but, but okay. <laughs> he kissed me. It was, uh, he kissed me twice. Uh, you can see the, uh, the videos of that it will be coming. Um, but both were at Bar Luca that night. And I had separate conversations with them. And both were quite disappointed that there wasn't, the buzz wasn't, talking about what happened two days earlier in court. Right. Sure. And they were quite disappointed with it. Uh, the, the, you know, like, people like, you know, and both of them had the same comment to me. Like we were told we can't win. They told you not to, they, that we were told not to fight this battle. You can't win it. And, you know, both said, both said it's been proven wrong. Now, w- what kind of win this is, that's another debate. I'm not going to get into it. But they were, you know, they were both emphatic about that. And then did you see that that Carlito went over to Rocky's booth uh, to kind of talk about, uh, you know, the victory? They had that little. Did, were you there when everyone was in Rocky's booth and Carlito was talking? Yeah. Yeah. So actually, Carlito sent me the full video of that. And Carlito, like, really, he was thanking Rocky. It was it was definitely a show of solidarity. And I think he wanted to have that platform somewhere at the trade show to kind of do that. And they, and they did that in Rocky's booth. Um, but I kind of agreed with both of those guys. Um, Rocky told me he sent this like press release to Reuters. It took a couple of days to get it out there, I believe. I think it did get out there. But, you know, not wrong. They were not wrong on this. I agree with them that, like, there was, you know, it, got, it kind of goes to show again that a lot of people still aren't in touch what's going on uh, from, you know, especially, you know, attendees of the trade show, I'll just say. Oh, no, that's an absolutely true statement, man. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, I, when I was I working did. retail coop, I mean, it was a daily occurrence yeah. educating consumers yeah. um, on, on the battle that we were facing, you know? Yeah. Um, so it doesn't shock me at all. And, and, you know, the Peacock family uh, did an incredible job of empowering us and yeah. educating us and educating their customer base um they're 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 unusual <laughs> no they are uh, they're unique uh, they're 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 yeah. a minority of i would say most yeah. and um this point was actually brought up to me by a couple of brand owners and manufacturers it was interesting it was at this trade show too there we were talking about it and they're like you know bear bear you have to understand the 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 average the run-of-the-mill cigar shop owner is a is a hobbyist person who brings the register has a cigar shop it's a place to it most likely a retiree mm-hmm. right that you know open a shop bought a shop to again as a hobbyist oh i could tell you um 
a lot of people did that. I mean, um, well, yeah, I mean, there's just not many like the the, the Peacocks and the John Andersons and the Greg Zimmerman's and the, you know, the, um, you know, the Ronnie Hayes, the Abe DeBabna's, the Jeff Borswood. There's just those are they are they are the people that are known and they are the exceptions to the rule. I don't think I don't think I'm saying something out of turn here, but you know, good example is well, Todd Johnson when he first got into uh, he opened a smoking line because he wanted a place to smoke. Now he realized he kind of fell in love with the industry and he realized he, you could you could do very, you could make a very nice business out of this. And now he's got he's got four stores. So I mean, uh, and, he, and he's a board member. So I mean, he's one, but he got into it for a very different reason. Uh, he wanted a place to smoke. I can tell you that. Um, and then he, you know, eventually realized uh, he needed the right people to help him run this business, and he started bringing them in. And the and the work that he needed to put it into the industry in order right. to protect it, you know. Right. Yep. He yep. had to so, protect it. And now he's serving back on the board. So I mean, that's a good example. So I mean, said Todd's a very educated. I'm not saying you don't have to. You can be very educated and still get into this for very different reasons, is what I'm saying. Um, sure. But a lot of people don't make that transformation. I, I mean, they get into this stuff. So, um, and you talk about guys who give back, you know. Jay Davis, I mean, that guy, one way he's on a lot of podcasts. Look at the education he's providing a lot of people as well on this right now. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, we had these we had these badges, Coop, at the awesome badges this year at the PCA trade Thank show, you, Pete. Thank you, thank Pete. You, thank you, Pete. Uh, and, and yes, and, and, and thank you to your father-in-law, too, because he's always going to give credit to his father-in-law. Yeah, so thank you both. Thank you both. Thank you, the Pepine family, and thank you, Pete Johnson. We really appreciate it. So uh, great name tags. But what's on these name tags were these actual like, you know, we had our names and then we had, you know, what uh, in our case, the the, uh, the cigar coupe name. Uh-huh. And then below it, we had a we had a ribbon attached to it, which was media, you know, told us what we were there for. Right. Um, but there were other ribbons as well. Um, there were VIP passes. Mm-hmm. There were, P- you know, pack you know, supporters. Uh, there were board members and so on and so on. Jay had like four ribbons. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, this is this is a man who has dedicated has dedicated his life, his livelihood yep. Um, yep. to this industry, not only to his own business. Um, and 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 he's done a phenomenal job. Absolutely. Of, of in in every aspect, and and um, it, we need more Jay Davises. Yeah. We did this just the that's just the long and the short of it. We need more J Davis. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We you need know. more we need more Ape to Badness. We need more Mike Peacocks. We need these 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 men and women who have served on the board for a period of time or are serving have continued to dedicate themselves yeah. to the industry. And uh, and uh, we have a great group. We have we, a great group. We do. Um, uh, I think there's very good leadership. Uh, by the way, the, the staff at the trade show I think did an uh, amazing job. Yeah, the PCA team is fantastic. Um, they, they, really, they really did. Um, and they made media feel very welcome. Yes. Um, you know, I know Aaron did a lot of work with that. Uh, Greg Zimmerman said to thank you out to the media on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think uh, it was very good. Uh, we had a press conference. You guys missed the press conference, but you, you had a, we had a pull double duty that day. Um, it was a very good press conference. Um, we were represented at the press conference. Yeah, yeah, I had to take one for the team, but uh, uh, even though the media wanted to talk for 20 minutes on the 2024 show, right? That's all they wanted to talk, but but uh, 20 <laughs> that's my sore point. Like, like 
and the reason why it was such a I'm, I'm making light of it there but there was so much to talk about with the 2022 show that mm-hmm. I was just everyone I don't know why everyone was so gung ho on talking about what, where the, we'll get to when the 2024 show is but there was a lot with the 2022 show I thought that really you know needed to be set you know and there's some things that still need to be fixed I mean too I mean it, you yeah. know um I mean, so, if they want the 2024 show, wherever it is, whether it's in Vegas or someone else, somewhere else, or if it's and, still in July or some different. And, and I'm going to make. They want public- that to be a success. You got to, yeah. you got to start. You got to address the present too. Yeah, I think I think that's very important. That was my point exactly. I think there's going to be a time to have this debate about the 2024 show, which, by the way, we should not give this trade show to New Orleans under any circumstances. I, I just say this: that city does not support. Like they make it difficult to enjoy our product there. We should not they, be they, having. They, a, we should not be rewarding that, this city with it. I'm sorry. They made that clear. They made that clear. They made that the clear. City, this, look, the city of New Orleans is great for a lot of reasons. Right. Um, I love New I, Orleans. The, it's a great city. Yeah. The fact that they went non-smoking uh, still blows my mind. They did. The fact and, that the city of New Orleans went non-smoking completely blows. But my they'll mind. make an exception when they want some cash to come in from this trade show, you know. And so it's okay with that. I just think we should just send a clear message to New Orleans. No. Like I, I know Vegas. Look, I don't. I'm not a big Vegas fan, right? But I, I'll say this. Yeah, and Vegas has had its difficulties, sure. And Vegas you know, is the, having its the, issues, but the, yeah. the threat of the threat of like huge fines and things like that too. If, if they definitely don't support the industry yeah. either, I but would they say did, if you want, they definitely support it more than than the city that's completely yeah. banned it. So yeah. If I source uh, maybe a bill in New Orleans that was getting some traction to kind of make it a little easier, you know, the smoke. I'm not saying you have to, you know, then I then I say, OK, they're working with it. They're not working with us. They, they want our money is all they want and they don't care. They just they're just, you know, what is I, what is the city of New Orleans have to offer the trade show? They're getting they're giving it a time of the year, I think, is the big thing. OK, uh, here we are. We're talking about 2024. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I think because of that uh, that April date, I think that's the one thing that's going to be the carrot here. Okay. Um, honestly. I've been to the trade show in New Orleans. It's not, it's going to be a completely different experience than Vegas is what I'm going to tell you. And okay, so, okay. Yeah. So I know we're going to have our own recap show and we're going to break down your top five stories coming and you're going to have a breakdown for your top yep. five stories coming up PCA. But let me just ask you this group, since we're, we want to focus on 2022. Mm-hmm. What's the, what's the one thing that PCA has to fix for 2023? Oh, uh, they got to fix sponsorship, fix? sponsorship. Because if they can get more money into the trade show through some of the sponsorship and show value with the sponsorship, I think it will improve a lot of the things we're talking about. You know, because I think they need to improve some of the social activities and things like that. Um, I think if they do that, um, that will go a long way. Okay. Yeah. So not just not just, and we're not talking about just sponsorship dollars, right? We're talking about also sponsoring sponsorship the sponsoring the trade show. No, I understand that. I'm yeah. talking about like, but also you're talking about sponsorship ownership. And what I mean by that is, so for example, you know, Crownheads uh, sponsored the opening gala, right? Good, good job. They're, they they were one job. of the, they were one of the sponsors. Good job the by them, gala. by the way. Yep. Yes. So are you suggesting that like, that not only is it that they need to get PCA needs to get more sponsors like crowned heads, but crowned heads as an example, or another manufacturer that takes on a sponsorship needs to take ownership of whatever they're sponsoring. Yeah. Not so, just the trade show as a whole, but like, Hey, if we're, I'm going to throw something out there. That's ridiculous. Everyone's going to laugh at me, but to, you know, Monday night's going to be a karaoke event and you know, right. And, uh, 
Ferry Otego is going to sponsor it. Actually, I don't know if Michael right. sings. Well, he's in music, so that's fine. Ferry Otego is going to sponsor it, right? Right. So uh, suggesting of ownership, like, so Ferry Otego finds karaoke machines, contracts that out, that kind of stuff? Or is yeah, it gonna... it's something like that. I can even go simpler. Like, um, remember they had the uh, – La Polina had it a couple of years ago, then Ferry Otego had it last year. They put out your cigar lounge on the way out. Sure. Was, yeah. was a good thing. Yeah. Uh, some they had of the, it this year too, by the way. It was it was sponsored by them as well. Was it? It wasn't really clear to me on that though. Like, was I? I didn't really. Okay. I was okay. So bad example if they had it right. Um, let's kind of go like uh, they had like um, like Nat Sherman used to have the Wi-Fi area. Um, that they sponsored when you walked in. Um, charging charging stations. Okay. Charging station stuff. Yeah. Uh, the overhead signs, like navigating through the trade show was not easy this year uh, because you had to look at the floor all the time. You know, signage like that. So many people complained about that. I got to be honest with you. I like it on the floor. Oh, it was horrible. I'm so we- I, I, I'm the weird person, I guess, because everyone yeah. complained about yeah. that. I was like, no, yeah. I kind of like this. This is easier for me. Uh, room keys. They could do the room key thing. I didn't. I, I don't know if they did it this year because we didn't stay there. But, you know, room keys or, or things like that. Um you know, I think they could do a simple thing like uh, the, you know, if you get like a, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Someone needs to sponsor the hand sanitizer stands. That's something like that. That's what I'm looking for. Hand sanitizer, water stations, which they were lacking on water stations this year. Uh, you know, little things like that you could help pay for. They'll help pay and improve the show. Um, and, and, you know, look, I think the big thing PCA has got to do is and they've, they've had this problem for a decade. It doesn't work when you have to tell people you have to get in a, a, a Uber or a cab and go downtown for an event. They tried that with the concert series years ago, and then they tried it with with the thing over at the Cosmo this year. It, it doesn't you have to keep this thing in, in the same location like the events. I know it's hard, but they got to try to do that. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, I heard you guys talking on the uh, Developing Palettes recap show, and I thought this was brilliant. I think a social function, renting out a space, uh, someone sponsoring that, and I think it was Steve Stock Soccer that brought it up. I think that's yeah, and he said he'd be interested in doing it too, or he said that he'd be willing to bet that others would be as well. So, like, I think when someone like Steve says something like that, that not only would he take interest in sponsoring, but he feels like it would. It would it would go over well with other owners and manufacturers. Yeah. You need to listen to that. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's the. But I think if they can put, find ways to sell the value of that, um, it puts more money into the trade show. Sure. And they can do some of the things they need to improve on. Absolutely. Um. So I I think that was the big. It just when I looked at the website this year there was a lot of open sponsor. Now, part of it from what Scott said is they added a lot of things, but they, they didn't sell them. It seemed like, so that's where I think they got to improve. Uh, that's where I think the biggest thing that if they got to work on that for next year. And I think part of it is some companies feel that they're contributing outside the trade show and they don't want to pay more money for that. Yeah. So, well, I think um, another thing, Nick sponsored it. the breakfast, by the way. I would, I think that's mm-hmm. safe to yeah. say. No, that was, yeah. yeah, that was that was really great. He did a good job uh, with that. Yeah, so that was a good uh, job. That's things like that. Yeah, fantastic cigar. And it, you know, 
you know, Jay mentioned in the chat about a keynote speaker. I thought Nick's opening talk during the breakfast was great. I, I, I agree. I think people would rather hear someone from the industry and you don't have to, it, that's something you can ask for. Volunteer. It doesn't have to be a Carlito. It doesn't have to be a Rocky. I mean, Nick, Nick, Nick did a great Nick, job. Nick, Nick did, did a great it. job. And Nick's, yeah. you know, Nick's certainly popular and well-known and everything, but you know, there are probably people at that breakfast that don't carry foundation and they've never heard that story. Right. And on the table, there was a little booklet where you could just open it up and you got a reader's digest version of Nick's brand. Uh, I think that was a great, I mean, I've heard, Hey, get Donald Trump jr. And I don't think they should go political route again. I think they, they learned that lesson with Giuliani. I think that that wasn't the right way to do it. Um, who was the, they had the one guy, Marcus, what was that guy's name? Oh, the guy, the one, they the had Harley really, Davidson guy. No, no. Uh, that was a good talk. I'll say that. He was good too. The holidays, but there was another guy. Oh, I think it was, he was the guy who was the, uh, what was he like a Navy SEAL or something like that? You're talking about, um, um, the, the lone survivor. Yeah. No, no, no. Order him. Uh, it wasn't Marcus Luttrell. Marcus I, Luttrell. I don't know. It was Marcus Luttrell. It was, it was Luttrell. okay. He was 2018. Yeah. The Navy SEAL. He was the Navy SEAL. I thought he was the best. The two best keynote speakers I've seen were Ditka and Marcus Luttrell. Ditka was great because Ditka came in there and he talked like the average Joe. What he is. Yep. That's what he is. He was just, and, and Marcus Luttrell, I mean, this guy just, he is, but you know, I, I don't think you need to bring it. I mean, I think Giuliani, I know some people liked it. I just didn't think it did anything for that. I don't think they got their money's worth out of him. I think to hear about fracking. But I got to hear about fracking. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I thought that was, you know, another interesting thing. And this was the second thing I wanted to talk about. The announcement following the trade show of PCA and the Boutique Cigar Association having this alliance. I thought it was very interesting. Is this the audible you're throwing me? Yes. Okay. So you and I both saw Gabby Caffey at the trade show. Yes. So we both had, I had a pretty candid talk with Dr. Caffey uh, because we've had our differences. But what I did say to Dr. Caffey, I said, it is really good that you're here. I was so thrilled to see him. And he was happy to be there. Mm -hmm. And so my thing, and he was there supporting La Aurora, but he didn't have any product he was displaying. But he was at the Miami Cigar Booth. Um, and, you know, I, I, think it's, I think it was my bit. One of my big complaints about the main, most of the main players is a couple of people who have been there. Um, I think the guy who runs Dab Cigars has been at the trade show, so I'm not, you know, I'm gonna. But my my complaint about Dr. Caffey is he has never been to a trade show before, like as Caffey Cigars, and I think he needed to see, as the founder of BCA, he needed to see that. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm drawing some conclusions that some discussions happened, and then this announcement was made with not a lot of details around it. Um, and I just kind of, I'm not really sure what, what this means still. 
I have a one. I know one thing it's going to mean. We could talk about that in a second. But I mean, I don't. I don't kind of. I don't. I don't know. I just don't know necessarily what this alliance means. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think time will tell on on what that what that actually means and how that comes to fruition and everything. Um. I. <clears throat> I mean, they're going to have. A, they're I, trying to get a pavilion going. That's what one thing. And and that would be cool, I guess. But like, yeah, I'm I'm trying to understand like what the value is, and I, I mean this respectfully as possible. I, I'm 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 certainly not trying to disparage BCA or. What I'm not either, and I think there's like, but, in fairness, they need to be asked these questions too. You but, know, before we yeah, what them. what's yeah. the? And this might be obvious to any BCA members or or, or Dr. Right. Caffrey. This might be an obvious answer, but to to me. Just from an outside perspective, I, I I'm just curious what the value is to to the overall mission of the PCA. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, like, I mean, so like, yeah, you get more retailers. I understand that, and that's that. Or excuse me, you get more you get more vendors. I understand that that could attract more retailers, which is the whole point. I get that, and if that's if that's where the if that's what the alliance is all about, then you know, I, I mean that's that's good enough for me. Um, I mean, if it's you know expected to drive traffic, uh, I mean that's what the whole point is of the trade show is to to have more retailers, to have more vendors, to make it a bigger show, to make it more success, to support the industry. I'm okay with that. It doesn't have to be like an over complex value point system. I'm just you know, I'm just curious. So about it. Yeah, my my question. This is my question. Will there be Will the P is the PCA cutting the BCA members a break to do this? Okay, so you know, in terms of getting it's, the pavilion, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair yeah. question, but why does it matter? Because how do you then tell someone who has a boost that if they're not a BCA member, they can't get a pavilion? Who's been supporting like, like you know, there's companies I think. That why why would to, I want if I if I was Espinosa Cigars as an example? Why would I want to be in the pavilion? They're a bad example. Uh, they would. Okay, what's I a better example? Give me a better one. Um, let's go like Codio cigars. Codio. Okay. Yeah, that would be a good example. Those are small okay, companies. So be a, a, that would be a good example. Why would they want to be in the pavilion? Save money. Okay. Uh, here. Okay. Here, All right. So, so there's okay. two ways to look at this. Okay. Here, there's two ways to look at this. Is this that? there's going to be an incentive. I don't know if there's going to be an incentive for the BCA members to come right now. It may not be an incentive and they're just saying, this is why we, I don't know the answer to this. It may just be, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're on a good, we're on good footing with the PCA. We want you. Here's how, here's how you need to, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's how you need to do it. Coop. All right. And th this solves everything, right? You have the pavilion and it's divided into sections that are smaller than the smallest available boost based on the trade floor. Right. That's how you solve that problem. Or you charge what you charge a temp. A temp no, 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 no. We'll give you a price break. You can come to the PCA and you can, you can, you can be part of the BCA yeah. pavilion. Your booth size is going to be this. You don't get a choice. Your booth. If you want a choice in your booth size, you go onto the show floor and you pay more for it. Right. That's it. That solves the problem. You're welcome, by the way. But but does everyone get a shot at that? No, no. That's why I'm saying that's why. So so Cody Cigar says I want in on that action. I want to pay less money. You're paying the. You can pay for the least amount, which is the the smallest boost size on the trade show floor. 
but we don't have any of these other small spaces available. Right. But do they have to be a BCA member to do that? I understand that. My my point is, is if I'm Cody Cigars, why do I want an even smaller space than I than the smaller space on the floor? Is it just to save money? Yeah. Like the whole the whole argument I've heard about why BCA people aren't there is the cost. So there's two ways. There's two ways to look at that. Are they either offering the BCA, hey, we're going to work with you on cost, but it's a double edged sword. It works or are they both ways. working on selling value at a trade show back? Well, it works both ways. That's what I'm saying. It works both ways. Codio Cigars is the example. You can be in the BCA pavilion because we're not selling any of those small spots on the main trade show floor. You're not a member of BCA. Right. Well, that sucks. That's not really fair. Well, it's also not really fair to the BCA member who's like, well, I want more space. I can afford more space. Well, if you can afford more space, go on the trade show floor. Right. Solves the problem. Like, it, I mean, it sucks either way, right? Like the BCA member who can afford a little bit more space is pissed because mm-hmm. he wants a bigger spot. I Cody should say, yeah. so, so like it, you can never make everyone happy, Coop. That's but that's the easiest. That that's that's right. that that makes it easier right. for everybody. Yeah, you make you do not allow any space in the pavilion to be equal to or greater than the smallest space available on the trade show floor. It's that easy. Yes, there will be some grumbling from like we keep saying Codio, but we're just using this them as an example. There might be some grumbling from someone on the trade show floor about, Oh, I wanted, I would love to save some space and have a smaller spot. But if I'm, if I'm selling this and I am right, mm-hmm. I'm just becoming a salesman here. If I'm selling this Cody cigars, I'm be like, why do you want to be part of the pavilion? You're going to have a smaller space and you're going to have to battle it out with all these other smaller companies in there. When you can have a little bit of a larger space, yes, you're paying for it, but you're going to have- be out in the open and you're going to be next to a La Flor Dominicana or a United cigar brand. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think that's a very good point. Yeah. You know, you had a Jay mentioned the Sutliff booth, but I think the Sutliff booth had a carrot to get people in there because a lot of people deal with Sutliff for pipe tobacco. And what I've seen the last two years is people, they come in there to get pipe tobacco and then they're intrigued by the brands that are in there. Yeah. And I, you know, and that's another point. So, okay. So, Okay, smaller company like we keep going back to Codio as an example, right? I don't, I don't know. Do they if they distribute their own stuff or not? Maybe they don't. We're getting ready to. It looks like. Okay, so I mean, they could partner with their distributor too. I mean, heck, La Aurora partners with their distributor. Well, I mean, they're. I, was, I mean, they're a pretty well, substantial company. The, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's no, true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like I said, I think I'm not knocking. I think this is not a bad thing that the, 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 or, but, you know, it goes back to my next question is the BCA. They said that they were a social organization. They've said that to me several times. So now they, are they, they no longer they, social organization? Are they looking for? Okay. Well, I, that's a question worth asking and an answer worth yeah. getting. But at I, the I same think, time, they, I think they're allowed to change their. Do they have to become PCA members? I mean, assuming they're going to have to become PCA members to go to the show. I would assume that that is yeah. correct. Yes. Yeah, I would assume they're going to have to be, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, I don't think that's a bad thing if you can get some more members. That's why I think this is not a bad thing that the PCA did. Uh, and look, if the BCA wants to, you know, and I, I've talked about how they whine a lot about stuff, run for a board seat. I mean, they certainly will have that opportunity if they join. Yeah, if they're members, they get to run yeah. for a board yeah. seat too. Yeah. 
I, don't, I just don't think it's as big of a deal. Um, like some of these questions aren't as big of a deal as. I, I as, just don't. I'm just, I'm just trying to understand what it means. Is what I, I mean, sure? I no, and that. I think I think that's yeah. I think yeah. time will tell on that question and stuff. And uh, but um, I mean the BCA put something out today, so they put out a, a press release after aficionado covered them, right? Okay. And they listed five things in no order, right? Of the okay. five media outlets that covered the Alliance story, right? Sure. So let me tell you what the five were. They said this was in no particular order. Okay. okay. Sure. Number one was Cigar Journal. Number two was Cigar Aficionado. Number three was Tobacco Business. Number four was Cigar Coop. And number five was Developing Palettes. Just so happens the three print people are first. And they have a strong relationship with Cigar Journal. So I, I get that being over aficionado. I was like, yeah, come on. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it should have been in the order that was published in, maybe. <laughs> uh, if you, but, you know, it, that, you know, so, but here was the thing. Okay. That press release. Thank you, BCA, talk- for recognizing Cigar Coop is what he's trying to say in a really weird way. Well, uh, no, I appreciate, look, I appreciate the BCA putting that, but here was the weird thing in that press release. <laughs> they talked about 25 members coming to the show. Like there's pavilions. I don't know if they're going to get 25 companies to come there. I'll be honest with you. I think that's a. I, I mean, that's a question worth asking because I honestly don't know how what and the I think, I think, of BCA is. I don't know who's in BCA and who's not. I don't know either, but I think if I was the BCA, I'd be looking. If I can get five, it's a start. You get the five there. They could talk. If the experience is really good, then you grow. What happens if kid. they get 25? Good for them. Right. So shouldn't we be rooting for them? We, we should be rooting for them. Yeah. Okay. I think it's good. I think, look, the more okay. companies you have there, the better. Right. The more companies we have at this trade show, the better. Um, and, and one thing that was really good about covering this trade show and bad for us is there were more companies this year. Sure. So it was good and bad. I like guess bad because it was more booze we had to cover. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and it comes down to, you know, we have to go who's communicating with us. That's what I always tell people. If, you know, if you're communicating with me only four days a year uh, or if you're no showing on a, on a podcast, you're not going to get covered. I mean, it's <laughs> right. I don't think it's unreasonable. I don't think it's unreasonable. Yeah. You know, I mean, no show. Or meeting. you go, or you go down in the bottom of the pecking order, right? You go down, you go down about like that. That's what, that's what happened. You go to the bottom. It's not to punish you, but how do I like, here's a great, like we missed last year. We missed Dean Parsons. We missed, um, Jake Wyatt. We missed some key companies last year of guys who I think have been very supportive of us. Yes. And if you're only going to talk to me four days, uh, four days a year at the trade show, um, that's a problem. Now, I think we pulled one audible on the floor. I think it was Cody. And that was really Aaron really wanted us to go check that booth out because he had gone done some recon on that. And we <laughs> happened to just be there and we had a little time before our appointment. So and we, I think we were all glad we went there, but it, we probably yeah, wouldn't cool. have went to that booth beforehand. Otherwise, yeah. Great, great story and everything like yeah, that. But yeah. I, I, I kind of want to, I would love to do more of those. And, and um, by the way, you were great. By the way, this is where Bear was a true pro. He knew nothing about this company. He sat down, he does a 10 minute interview with these guys. Like, and you wouldn't have known he didn't, nothing about this company. He had, you know, the conversation beforehand, you prepped very well with it. Yeah. Well, Fausto did an amazing job. So, he did a very I good mean, job. Yeah. Was, he was easy to talk to, too. So yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Made, it, made yeah. it fun. But that was the, that's the only audible I think we pulled. But like I said, this year, I think we got to almost everyone in one form or another that we wanted to get to this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
So it was interesting. I think, uh, like I said, I think we're, we're going to try to get the whole team together for a, a, a like a our experience recap. By the way, we have an article coming out. Probably, I got. I'm waiting for one more person on the team to give his input. Um, ben, uh, which is our top five cigars that we smoked at the trade show floor. So uh, we should have that article end of this week, beginning of next week. Um, and that's going to butthurt a lot of people. But we didn't remember. It's only what we smoked on the trade show floor, you know. Sure. So I have I'm trying to decide about one because I did smoke it technically before the trade show. So, but I think I'm going to include it anyway. Oh, oh, you see, you're bending your own rules, Coop. Can't but, do but, that. Yeah, but I'm probably, I'm probably going to, but yeah, that, well, I'm not bending on the limited. So you guys are all in love with limited. So um, they're, they're going to be regular production stuff. I thought, by the way, there weren't a lot of, I don't want to jump too much into, I didn't think there were a lot of dog rockets at the show this year where we just chucked the cigar. Maybe there was a couple, but that was it. I had two, but yeah. Well, not, no, not like, I know I had one. No, I had one. I All had right. one too. I think I had one too. But uh, but yeah. But we'll 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 have the coalition together on that. Uh, so stay tuned. All right. Um, anything else, Bear? No, I it was really great catching up with Omar. Uh, and it was really good to talk about the uh, the FDA decision too. So it was yeah, it was very yeah. good. Uh, yeah, good catching up with Omar for sure. Good guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look forward to smoking. Just for the record, we had a show tonight, right? Yes, we did. Okay. Yep. So um, yep. I already pre. Like, stay tuned. We'll have our calendar. Uh, we'll announce when the next special edition is coming on. I think there'll be one more show before the the thirtieth. We have Andy Yaffe from McAuliffe coming on. So, uh, but I think we're going to have one more show in between that. So July 30th, August 30th, August 30th, August 30th. Yeah. Not September 30th, August 30th. No, it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just messing with you. All right. Bear, um, thanks again so much. Uh, thanks uh, to our audience for always staying up late with us. It's great. Yeah, we appreciate it. We only went, we only went a little over three hours for you guys tonight. So, all right. Anything else, Bear? Uh, two things. Uh, I just want to say, uh, that, uh, uh, this, uh, this coming Sunday, we'll have Michael Herklutz of Ferry Otago on LS Fumar takes for take one, uh, for take two eighteen. Uh, really excited to, uh, to sit down. Um, Michael and I are going to, um, make this a little bit of a tradition post PCA. Uh, couldn't do the immediate show afterwards, um, family vacation. So, uh, he did it last year from his family vacation. <laughs> so, Decided they would probably uh, probably give him some time to relax. He's been running like crazy around, so it's gonna be good to catch up with Michael again um, and talk about talk to him about his impressions of the trade show and how Ferry Otego's uh, looking to close out 2022. And of course, uh, huge congratulations uh, to one of my favorite players of all time on being inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, on Sunday, uh, Mr. David Ortiz. Very good. Good job. Yep. Good job. So uh, got to get the big poppy plug in, but yeah, good job uh, for sure. So uh, let's get let's get Charlie Manuel, guys. Come on, <laughs> so, <laughs> let's work on. Well, I think Bruce Bochy should get in before Charlie. I even said that, so uh, he will. Yeah, yep. So all right, all good. Um, that's gonna wrap up primetime special edition 124 to the annals of history for Tuesday, July. 
26th, now Wednesday, July 27th on the East Coast. We'll see everybody next time. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time.